mad stuff like uh, emails are shite <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam do you get that joke what emails are shite no Oh. am I young it's gonna be a long no, night for you not young <laughs> <laughs> no emad is a type of um, bass drum head that was released with a little kind of groove in it that houses two different uh, depths of foam or could house any depth I guess but it comes with two different depths yeah and it just kind of de- deadens the kick drum I think I know that one yeah you probably do very slayers. common they're on almost every house kit yeah, yeah. you come I, across because yeah. they just sound. I probably had them when I got my first kit. Yeah, they just control the sound really well. Ah. They They're, sound they sound the same no matter what way you tune them. Well, that's yeah. Well. <laughs> I mean, it's an engineer's dream in a in a house venue where you're gonna have like. It's an engineer's dream. <laughs> <laughs> you have loads of different types of drummers. That's great. Like you yeah. just get fucking grand. They can e mad. EQ the kit the same way every yeah. time. Yeah. Are we going? Yeah, we're all, we we're, we're, oh, cool. we're long since I'm live. So I was saving all my, all my insights about emads until <laughs> I knew we were recording. Oh, we're in. No, go for it. Go for it. Um, what have emads are a bit weird. They, they kind of limit you in terms of your tuning and you kind of, they do you out of having to learn to tune a bass drum properly in yeah. a way because you can put it on and finger tighten it and it sounds like a record straight away, which is brilliant Yeah. in a pinch. But I feel like I prefer like a, a a coated or clear P3, yeah, or uh, the Evans. Here we go. He's diving in that or whatever, like because just you kind of I don't know. Uh, maybe it's drummer guilt or something like that, but I feel like I have to work a bit harder <laughs> to yeah. get a good sound. I know. <laughs> I feel like I deserve that on some level. I know. <laughs> I got I got a Black Beauty recently, and I hit it, and it just sounded perfect immediately. I was like, huh, kind of spoils the fun. Just yeah, like, I need to work to make yeah. my snare sound good. Or like, I don't have to put any tape on it. What? There or is like something to be said for that, for sure. Uh, the other way, where you have like cheap drums for ages and ages, and you're trying your heart, and you don't know what EQ or compression is, and you feel like there's there's no good reason why like my drums in my garage when I was twelve yeah. shouldn't sound like Dave Grohl. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it? Oh, you know. I know. Studio, studio magic. And studio magic and very expensive gear. Very expensive gear. gear. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like, I don't know. I feel like you're kind of, I feel like that's what makes dialing in the Black Beauty easier when you do get it in a way. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah, conditioning yeah. or something that you, uh, yeah, by the time you, you learn get to get it. a decent sound out of a crap drum. So when it, when you finally, you know, get a good one, you're just like, bang, bang, bang. get a good one. It's, uh, I, I know what mm. to do here. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, the same thing with the with the toms on my pearl kit that sound they sound the same in pretty much any room they're in. Right. Whereas I had this Gretsch uh, uh, Catalina maple kit as yeah. well, actually one of Deadly. which you have over here. Um, and I felt you really had to romance the toms for ages because they were, they came out of round and they only got worse as the years went by. Oh, shit. Um, just from being thrown around the place, uh, so they kind of got to know where the is it a nodal point? Like there's two lugs out of the six on the 12 inch rack tom say that always go higher because the head is, the, the mm. bearing edge is raised up at that point. Right. So you have to kind of learn how to account for them and do that. Jesus. And then now you get the, you know, get the decent rack tom and it's just a bing, bing, bing. And bing, bing, bing. off you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
So get you straight in there straight to in. the nerdy shit. No, thanks very much for no. having me in, lads. Oh, it's, thanks uh, for coming. It's very, very flattering. Not uh, at all. I really, really it's great appreciate being asked. Yeah. Um, all the trying, drummer- trying to make it happen for a while. We finally yeah. did. You're the first, of, first of 2020. First of the decade. Oh, yeah. Did Santi come? Well, he brought you a dog. He brought me a dog, yeah. 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 He and took no a dog from me. <laughs> <laughs> Another dog. <laughs> Adam had a litter of puppies. Yeah. Oh, no. is Des one of them? No, he's not. No. Are you? No. This is a joke. No, this All is right, he's a fucking... This is the hazing process. See, we haze each other. We haze each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not in on this. Yeah. yeah. We're vibing. No, we're, yeah. we're musos. Yeah. We have to say vibing. Vibing. Yeah, yeah. To write a Our whole aim this for the podcast is, is to see who laughs more at jokes we make. So by the end of it, if you laugh more at jokes I make about him, I win. You know? Okay. Okay. Oh, that's the way I've been reading it. I'm so just gooseberry in this epic like, slagging yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. Lance talking about drums. Yeah. I'm Slag killing it. <laughs> this is a long, <laughs> long form rivalry that Adam and I did not sign up to. Oh, well, yeah. we were kind of tossed in. To. Rafael yeah. Murphy brought us together, and by God, we're going to tear each other apart. <laughs> That's what I meant to ask because, th- like, I've never met you before, yeah. and figure I know you a bit. So, how did you like come to know each other to the point of like? Doing a podcast, do yeah. <laughs> and and all of that, like, what? Yeah. Where do you? How far do you go back? Well, the podcast is nothing special. It was just him one day. I'd love to start a podcast. I was like, I'll do it. I'm free. That was it. That was it. But we met okay. through our friend Rafino, who kind of knew Viagra, and then I kind of I li- like pretty much lived with Raf. Right. And then we just jammed one day. He organized us to just play together as a sort of trio. It was like a drum yeah. bass piano trio just for a few hip hop tunes. Is that the same thing that I saw you put up something on was it your Instagram possibly just before Christmas? Was there something with the three of you for like or maybe something from ages ago? Um, or maybe I'm thinking I of think something that was else. Ev. Something Me, you and Ev. Yeah, so there's multiple yeah. different things I've been throwing up, but right. Inner Space is the name of that okay. trio. Right. That, that we do. Yeah, that, and that trio did some stuff with Nilo. Okay. Um and has since like morphed into like Adam writing with a whole host of other people and stuff. And Raf has kind of gone and done his Yuli thing. So yeah. he's Yuli. And um, yeah, I mean, I th- it doesn't really exist as a trio. No, it doesn't. Anymore. Yeah. It was an idea that it was never like a place, died, but yeah. never took off. <laughs> it was like a placeholder name for like, it was just a title for what we were at the time. Individually, okay, you know. I guess. Not the opposite opposite to individual we were a group it's the name of the band yeah but i mean the in name the of sense band. that it was the title <laughs> i mean your names we individually are the opposite yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we were given those years ago yeah ah, <laughs> you individually <laughs> okay you know you know what i mean by opposite uh, the opposite to an individual would be a group no an inner space was a group is was it it's in limbo <laughs> of purgatory forever look yeah. ben cooper you play drums. <laughs> this is always Adam's line. Surely you can make sense yeah. of all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play no, drums. No, <laughs> Not no, touching no, no. a bit of airs. Just folk. take my line. <laughs> I took your line. Okay, yeah. Now. Yeah. Can't, you can't be trusted anymore. <laughs> 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 Any New Year's resolutions, lads? Anything you're trying to? I uh, uh, I stopped a lot of narcotic taking. Cool. Deadly. Quint- quintuplets. Oh, quintuplets are your New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just getting the hang of them. Yeah. Totally by accident. Just Great the, crack, la- the last it? like two or three days, I've just started shedding, uh, just pra- shredding, practicing, 
a bit of stuff and then just some uh, like this idea just came up and i was like all right it's a five note group mm. i need to actually like pull the finger out and get into this shit. yeah they're really cool and being able to go back and forth between those and other subdivisions i find is really good for your accuracy as well and it really yeah. helps for and um, did you ever do any of those exercises where you um kind of displace the metronome and have a, the metronome kind of go in a different tempo but that still relates yeah to the tempo that you're playing in do you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. so if we were like in four one you might have the metronome go one two three yeah. four one two three that kind of stuff is that kind of shit great crack it's savage. like it's it's a total rabbit hole and you feel like you've like left music behind <laughs> yeah, and yeah you're like what the hell am i doing yeah, I should yeah. probably just play along to bernard purdy for an hour and that would probably benefit me more for actual musical situations but like i love all of that stuff oh, because man. i i don't know i just feel I, I feel drawn towards it for whatever reason i like all that kind of permutation and different um patterns and stuff and i get i get motivated about that as much as i do about like transcribing real world examples from people's playing and stuff because that can kind of um that can be a rabbit hole all of its own as well yeah. you you put up a great uh video on instagram there before christmas as well so fucking instagram now but um ah, the sure philly joe uh yeah, transcription yeah. that was uh, deadly blues by five yeah miles davis yeah it was something i was working on for a while it was actually like sitting there kind of half transcribed for months yeah and then eventually yeah. i just got a bit of time and i have one or two of them as well yeah that haunt me yeah i know yeah. they're just sitting there and you're just like i can't justify doing this i've got a gig in an hour yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've got to go. I yeah. either do this or, you know, I'm sweating, loading my shit into the car. <laughs> um, and how do you transcribe? Do you do it all by ear first? Do you write it all out first? Do you do it in chunks, kind of half and uh, half? Or what do you do? I would. That's a good question. No, I'd go, I'd go writing a pause write pause write you know that kind of thing so you'd write if it was fours let's say yeah you'd write out the fours learn how to play that passage of fours and then <coughs> move on to the next right yeah, yeah. Fours. that's yeah. cool i used to do it the other way i used to, i think i i before i knew how to read and write music <laughs> um i used to just sit there and just like listen and try to play it immediately and yeah. listen and try to play it and listen and try to play it but that jazz stuff is t i find that too tricky to just like half mm. the time it's so quick or it's those guys are manipulating the time like what you're saying so well that you kind of have to just sit there and just kind of pulse it out yourself or have seen it written down i think yeah the the jury's out for me because some people say that you shouldn't write anything down right like kenny do you know kenny washington he's a jazz drummer he's like really no. well-known kind of locally in new york he's one of those okay. kind of guys yeah, yeah. like uh like billy drummond or somebody said so he just right. play with all the heads and do all these straight ahead jazz sessions yeah but wouldn't have the kind of big name of a of one of the clinician type drum hero dudes you know but yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. like uh, a drummer's drummer i suppose right would be the way to describe him and he's he's just gigging around new york doing it at the cold face but um he learned everything that he plays from transcribing records on vinyl Whoa. without without writing anything down and i, I kind of see the point of view as well and i find it when i teach sometimes too that it makes a bit more sense to teach somebody a new groove by ear and by kind of talking about it in terms of yeah you play that snare drum note where it normally goes and then you play a bass drum after it 
instead of waiting for one note and like playing it to them have it play have them play it back to you as well because um i feel like it's one less link in the chain or whatever that's yeah really i get you waffly like but no, no, I, no. I i understand <coughs> as well that it's cool to have um a point of reference to be able to refer back to if you're not if you're not going to be able to do it all in one sitting let's say it's great yeah. to like transcribe the entire thing and then you have your your curriculum yeah for the exactly whole yeah, yeah or whatever it is out, yeah, yeah. you know yeah totally no mm. i remember being in a drum lesson uh jesus in in school it was a guy who was there i don't think he lasted more than eight weeks or whatever but um uh he insisted on not playing the beat on the page he uh, he had a, had me working out of a book and he insisted on not playing it for me and i had to learn i had to figure it out by reading it mm. yeah and then i had to which I, yeah, I don't know about this. I, I, I don't know the, I, the value I'd love in that. to know more about it as well. Um, the, um, a friend of mine, I never ask, I never ask him enough about it when I have the chance. But he talks about the approach of sound before symbol, like symbol. Right. With an yeah, S. yeah. 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 Um, which is that you learn how something sounds first, and then you reinforce it afterwards with the whatever way it translates. Like for for us, it'll be you know bass drum and snare drum notes in a certain order for a certain groove or whatever yeah, the hell yeah, it is yeah. you know but um he talks about that and says that it's the way to go um but yeah i can i can still see the merits of doing uh doing both things have you heard of a an english uh he's a welsh fella actually but he's kind of a london head drummer named ian thomas i think he's come popped up somewhere so you might have said the place where i saw him first is um this dvd that they did uh for like the 50th anniversary of the fender stratocaster or something right. like that so it was okay. one of the is wembley arena yeah and they had oh god who did they have i can hardly remember the guests but i can remember like the house band which is so <laughs> like oh it's gone way too far and like yeah, hank yeah. marvin is there and you're like hank who pino was on it you know right um but yeah so the house band was this guy pino Wix Wickens, who's Paul McCartney's keyboard player, right, and Ian Palmer, who's George Michael's guitar was George Michael's guitar player and musical director, and the sound that this dude got out of the drums was just like amazing. He just like had, for, as far as the drum sound goes, just had everything a growing boy needs. You know, like right, great yeah, big yeah. bass drum sound and snare, and he was playing traditional grip and smashing out backbeats as well. So it just that. got me really curious, and he was interviewed uh, at one stage, and he's like. He's on the top tier of London heads who do kind of film and TV. Yeah, I'm reading them here. Pop and rock sessions. Right. Um, Does a lot of work with Carter Burwell. Oh, yeah? Who's a really good composer. Cool. Um, <coughs> what's he done? He's done... I think he was on Kung Fu Panda. He was. He was on credits. Yeah. There's loads of movies. He yeah. was on Legend and he was on James Bond, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Yeah. And a bunch of others. So Mission Impossible. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, see, that's Kung the kind of Panda Two. <laughs> the caliber of the fella. So there's a couple yeah. of there's only a couple of those guys. Like there's Neil Wilkinson is one as well, and there's Ralph Salmons who tours it's with the Water Boys. Played it on Blue Planet. Woo! Yeah, that's a good session. Yeah, yeah we needed it. Cha ching. We needed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Need a whistle. Where is it? Ah, oh, it's not loud. <laughs> Did you get it? Is it happening? I don't yeah. think I'm hearing. Ah, uh, yeah, it's very faint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very faint. To be fair, it only deserved a faint one as well. 
You know? right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's just another day at the office for him. For him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like he like he did in Bruges. Oh, go. lovely. All the old buildings yeah. and that. Yeah. Um, but he but yeah, did a yeah, very interesting yeah. interview and it turns out that he um, is dyslexic or was Whoa. dyslexic wow. when he was younger. And it's remarkable that he became one of the like go to sight reader, read the dots freelance students yeah. in London in spite of this. And I can't remember where he said he got this from, but what he the way he described it was really good was that you learn to see like when you're learning a language, you learn to see the words as opposed to the individual, individual letters, letters yeah. in the word. And then you start to see phrases that you recognize. So that's just a really interesting way to think about reading music, reading music I think. In mm-hmm. If you can kind of, like all the stuff in the Mark Jul- Juliana book about all the different combinations of um, what you can do within one quarter note in terms yeah. of combinations of 16th notes and 8th notes. And just practicing them in a couple of different ways and after a while you just know them cold and what they're supposed to sound like. And then maybe you put a couple of combinations of them together and you know that's like a two-syllable word. Let's yeah, say if yeah, you yeah. use that analogy. So yeah. I use that analogy a lot with um, with students and I find it like I find it makes a lot of sense to them like when you learn a new word in a new language you learn what all the letters are in it you learn what all the syllables are like and you'd sound it out you know like yeah, syl- yeah, yeah. Uh, bull, and then you yeah. try and put it together in a way that it flows so like um going through it one note at a time so you kind of are able slow enough that you're able to paint the next note onto the kit after the first one in your mind's eye or in yeah. your ear or whatever and then eventually be able to close the gaps to the point where it just starts to flow and then mm. you kind of touch up the the time field with with the metronome then afterwards yeah and then the equivalent of that is putting it into a sentence which yeah. would be like being able to do it as part of a four bar phrase with a fill or whatever it is right yeah, yeah. but then um, yeah really interesting dude uh ian thomas that's uh, right absolutely whopper drummer you check yeah. out that it's the strat pack anniversary strat pack. concert like <laughs> but um, yeah it's funny the the guy who used to play bass with George Michael when Ian Palmer was the DVD was uh, was the yeah. <laughs> I'll never work in this town again. <laughs> uh, Not as a voiceover coach. No, yeah. no. Um, the Which guy who look, used to work was, as he the, was as dyslexic. The you can't speak. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we all have both great drummers. crosses the bear, both, you know. Both great drummers. Uh, oh shit! Thanks. I'll take that. Um, so the the bass player that used to play for George Michael when right. Ian Palmer was the MD actually lived in Cranford, which is just outside Gorey. No way. Oh, yeah. 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 Nice. Big time. Yeah. And uh, my dad met him because he, um, my dad used to go down and play basketball on a Wednesday night in the gym in the community school with a bunch of other dads or whatever. Oh, they go down and throw a basketball around. And this like six foot six or eight black dude from London comes down to like oh, I heard you're playing basketball can I join in and it's all the dads you know being like, oh, yeah okay um, but it, the guy's name is, is Steve Walters and right. he's like one of the most important people that I met in terms of music um, he I don't think he's living in Ireland anymore I think he's back in Dublin uh, Cliff Richard is his gig now back in Dublin what did I say back, back in, in London I'm tired. It's been a long That's day. Grand. It's fine. That's... It's January. Everybody's <laughs> They're all long every, days. Everyone's yeah. Everyone's permanently. Well, tired. he is a tall guy. Yeah. No one's getting any vitamin D or so ground. Really interesting bloke. Um and I think his his own life story is is to be gleaned from 
available to be gleaned from interviews and all that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the bullet points are he was he went to New York on a basketball scholarship because he was underage captain of the England basketball team. Yeah. He got a full scholarship to NYU to play basketball and study mechanical engineering. What? Met Jacko Pistorius playing <laughs> basketball on the street somewhere. <laughs> and and uh, he got bass lessons off him in return for like a few beers and the price of a taxi home afterwards. And all this kind of crack. What? Yeah. So yeah. he learned bass he has, at that age. No, he so was probably play, like he was playing it already. I okay. think when he was still living in London or playing a bit of guitar. But like, that's how he just the most bass, yeah. unbelievable CV he has. Like George Michael and Lulu. I think he did Leona Lewis after she won X Factor and all these things. Like amazing bass player. And that yeah. was like from, um, it was really kind of interesting to get. So you know him? To it. Well, a little bit. I haven't, sp- I haven't uh, been in touch with him in a little while now because um, he moved He moved back to England. But uh, he said, because I was talking to him about that, and I said, oh, yeah, I recognize your man, Ian Palmer, from from photos I've seen of, of you doing gigs with him. And he said, uh, yeah, Ian was the MD on that. But pretty much the only direction he gave the whole band, he was telling me was, don't fuck up because <laughs> it's going to be on telly. That was it? That was it. We're that's great. So don't fuck it up. I mean, that's not wrong. <laughs> it's not, not wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't. It, you'd be hard pressed to call it constructive, I suppose, yeah. or <laughs> yeah. you know, anything like that. But uh, I mean, when they're all that good, that kind of thing. It's like don't. It, I think it means like you know, don't take any silly take, risks. Don't take you know, big yeah. just play the yeah. play the charts yourself. or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, Ian Thomas on that. Class and he's reading charts as well that he yeah. wrote himself. It looks like because it's all no margin for error because it's being filmed. Yeah, right. so that was like really cool for me to see because it was, you know, he was using music theory knowledge and stuff that I was kind of up to that point had only been kind of bed over the head with through piano lessons yeah. right. and hadn't really seen the doors that it could open up in terms of being able to play the drums that much like I played in the concert band at school we had a really good concert band really really good music teacher deadly who was really encouraging and supportive and brilliant um but apart from that there wasn't like kind of the same thing that I've heard you say a couple of times about like the the drummer playing in the the school show or whatever but it just like it just didn't really click for me that there was you know a couple of different of disparate skills that you could put together it was just like the drummer in the pit was a superhero, you know. Yeah. Um, who could just who could just do that? Just fucking and then, sit in and just read this shit. And yeah. Um, which is you know a whole other kettle of uh, kettle of ball games. Yeah. But Big um, time. yeah. Sorry, we went. Oh, we're off on a off on a tangent. Talking about sight reading and stuff. Uh, There's a really good. Have you got the Garibaldi book? David Garibaldi, Terror no. Power Drummer, Future Sounds for the Modern Drummer, oh, yeah, or something I'm like mad that. Mad about David Garibaldi. Yeah. but I haven't. Uh, I haven't got any of his books. I've, I think they're on the Amazon wish list. Which one do you have? Future uh, Sounds. Future Sounds. Yeah. Right. I would strongly recommend it because there's a really cool bit in that right at the start where he explains his method for. Um, learning to sight read mm. and i probably shouldn't give this away people should go buy his book but it's really really good uh basically what he says is start your metronome and uh, say it's a 16th note linear groove because most of the time that's what it is with him it's really you know choppy kind of stuff yeah, yeah. uh so linear for anyone who doesn't know there's nobody who doesn't know uh, we've got like six drummers <laughs> listening to this yeah no I think it's the, a really yeah. poor term in a way 
So but if you want to explain it anyway, fear, no, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not blaming you for it. But it's just like it. It means that. What does it mean? In terms of drums, it means that you like substitute certain notes that you would play with the hands with your bass drum pedal. Yeah, or like, isn't it? Well, I think it just means. Yeah, I know. It's 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 that there's and nothing a, plays in unison. Nothing plays in unison. Yeah, so well, technically, like that's single stroke roll. Yeah, so, so a single stroke roll is a linear. Is bit. it linear? So it's like it's, it's a bit of a flawed. It's stupid. Term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go on anyway about the the, um, the sight reading thing. The sight reading thing. It, it'll be hard to describe without actually ha- having it in front of me. But basically, what he says is, say you've got sixteen notes, uh, and you've got your metronome beating on four beats you let the metronome go and you just keep going and you only as as you're working through it you only play the first note you can see on the downbeat mm-hmm. and then imagine the click is just going and then you just go and you just play your first kick drum and you just wait until the one comes back around and then you you just keep doing that and you just get used to that kick drum being on that point as the metronome is happening mm. and then you add one more yeah so you just go with you yeah and then you're waiting so you're not it's not this kind of like and and what it what it does is it it puts the provided you know how to place uh, 16th notes and you know how to stack them you know like that yeah as you're working up or whatever it is it it means that in the context of playing with a metronome, you are playing every note. You're you're kind of accumulating notes through mm, the bar, yeah, one by one, and you're only ever playing them in the right place. Yeah, you know, like this whole whole idea of kind of learning to play something bit by bit by bit by bit by bit, and yeah. then kind of you might rush through one bit and rush through, through another. Yeah, totally. In the context of playing with a metronome, it's actually very easy because you're only really you start with one hit one hit yeah. yeah and then you just play two hits and then you play three and four and once you get to six you've been playing five the same five hits over and over and over yeah, again yeah. maybe 20 times you've done this now and mm. all of a sudden you can just play this mm. perfectly yeah and then by the time you get to 16 it's just you you could sit there for 20 minutes and bang you've got it you've is got that it a sight in. reading it's kind tool, of a sight reading or tool. is it a it's it's uh, yeah, I'm into it as just a general uh, practice. It's uh, really good. What would you call it? Yeah. Protocol to yeah. go through. Because what what that does is it gets rid of the thing that you see people do, and that we we probably all do in various ways when we're when we're practicing or just trying to accomplish some task. Is that we um, we start playing something. Let's say it's like the in the air tonight, Phil, for argument's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, say, yeah. And it's a do 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 do. And you want to get to the whole thing, but you can only get as far as do 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 do. And for some reason, just the rest of it is just not there for you. And what people do when they don't have the metronome on what they're practicing is that they don't give themselves the rest of the bar to evaluate what went wrong with that attempt and what they might do differently the next time. So they just go straight back to the start of it again. And it's like they don't give themselves any time to actively evaluate what they could do differently on their next attempt whereas if you think of like boom boom three four you have those yeah. two beats to you know think about what you're going to do differently this time um that's interesting yeah i kind of i think i do something similar with students and another handy thing that i do is um tr- get people to use the metronome but to play if it's a new groove for example try and not get them to 
do it continuously straight away. Right. So if it's a like it's kind of because the context that we hear these things in is like to be played over and over again, mm. we kind of it assume that that's going to be, you know, lickety split once we learn the coordination, it's going to be if we can do it once we can do it however many times it needs to fill a song, but that like that, that turns out to be not the case for whatever reason and I like I'm trying to figure out what it is with younger students in particular. Is it a concentration dip thing? Is it that kind of thing where you're like playing straight ahead jazz and you go, oh my God, we're swinging. Oh no, wait, we're not swinging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as you think about it and are aware of the fact that it sounds good, you're you're out of it. Like, is out, it, is yeah, it that yeah. kind of thing? They're like, oh my God, I got it right. Surely nothing can go wrong. And as soon as they think some negative yeah. connotation or word in their head, even in a positive context like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes them just like the wheels fall off it, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. But um that's interesting. A good way That's to build good, it yeah. up, I find, for, for them is to keep the click on and play for a bar, stop for a bar. And then when they're really good at doing one bar, move right. on to doing two bars and stop for two bars. So you get more oh, rest good. Yeah, yeah. thing, And then you go three bars and one bar. Yeah, yeah. And then pretty much by the time you've got three bars, you should have four bars in a row together, which is, you know, good enough for jazz. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff is, is so interesting. I find that really... Uh, I'm embarrassed by how many of those like approaches to practicing and learning stuff that I've had for so long, you know, because hmm. I, I remember like in college learn, um, learning marimba concertos and stuff like that and trying to learn these like crazy fast passages or whatever. And it was just not in my bag at all. But like if I had known then that I could set the metronome and give myself a bar and a half off. In between in every between. attempt to play these two beats worth of music, yeah, rather than go and just like not give yourself space to feel anything other than frustration and not give yourself the time to actually evaluate what went wrong and what you might do differently and what you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff would have made that. I know a yeah. lot easier. I'm not sure. Sure, look. I wish well, I knew them. Sure. I know now. Yeah, that's a song, isn't it? Stones tune or Ronnie Wood or something. I wish I knew then. What I know that's uh yeah the faces. When I was younger. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Fucking our fucking pal in who lives in Kildare sings that one. Ron Wood. He lives near me in Kildare. So I'm coming out of the shop once with a box of cornflakes. Actual Ron Wood. Yeah, actual Ron. Go away. Wood. Yeah, he lives in um. Lives in Millicent beside Klein. There you go. Cool. There you go. There you go. Eh? Nearly hit Evan with his car once, and then <laughs> came back what? around again, and nearly I'm hit him again. What? Yeah, ask Evan that. Yeah. We'll get him up on the phone. We'll get him on the phone. <laughs> he's, been, he's been on. He was on last. Yeah, week, he was on he? last week on the phone. Last week. Last week. <laughs> last year. Last. Go on. Last. <laughs> last week. But yeah, Ron Wood lives in Kildare, and he's hitting people with his cars. Hitting so. people with his cars. You can just get away with that, can't they? Can't you? Yeah. People. If you're a fucking stone, <laughs> <laughs> you should own mad for speed. Stone man. Uh, yeah. uh, you mentioned college. Yeah. So we were. We can. We can do the where did the drumming start for you? Question, if you want. Well, yeah. Um, so I would have had piano lessons first and foremost when I was a really young kid, when I was right. five or six, and wasn't into that. Okay. Because it was the kind of teacher that is like he was like the only piano teacher in town, and he just put people through the grades on a conveyor belt, and it was just you know the, the kind of practice setting. coaching that I got then was like just go home and practice that one bar until you're blue in the face, and then practice it a bit more. <laughs> I was like, I kind of get it because he's saying practice that one bar, 
So a better way of saying that would be don't bother practicing the entire piece just for the sake of getting this one bar. Yeah. Because you've if you've only learned twenty four bars of the piece, you've only got like that that bar that's giving you a hundred percent of the trouble is only getting one twenty fourth of the attention, you know. So that would have been a really constructive way to say that, but instead it was just like <laughs> to a six year old. Oh, man. Like, yeah, or you know, and older. I didn't yeah. I didn't get I didn't um didn't get anything better, I'm afraid. So then uh, and I was kind of tricking around with guitar and stuff as well. Like my dad plays guitar and sings a bit. And my mum sang as well. Um, and then my stepbrother Gavin and I. And if anybody listening is not hip to um, my stepbrother Gavin's uh, stage name or handle Dashoda, you should go and check that out. If no you way. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do, you, do you know I, that I stuff? Have, yeah, from a I distance. Spell that. Not like I have D-A-S-H-O-D-A. Yeah. I have to give him a plug because he works incredibly hard on on his writing and stuff like that. And he's very, very single-minded and driven about doing his thing as best I'm as he can. I'm going to give him a go. Yeah, really cool. He's got... Um, I suppose it's a very 80s influenced aesthetic. Yeah. He'd be big into kind of the Blue Nile and Prefab Sprout and stuff yeah. like that. Savage. Uh, savage voice. Really With good songwriter. With a lick of techno. With a lick of techno. That's, that's <laughs> right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh, Adam Garrett right there. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, you'd, uh, you'd be into that. Um, he's brilliant. Everybody should go and listen to Whopper, him. Whopper, yeah. Wow. That showed go so listen. So me and him got into Stop music at the this. same time. Um, like for real, for real, I suppose. Yeah. So okay. he was, I think, drum kit and electric guitar probably arrived in the house around the same time. We were both playing drums and we were both playing a bit of guitar. Him probably more so the guitar at the time, and me probably. Well, I was playing a little bit of guitar and like trying to write songs and trying to accompany myself singing yeah. stuff. My dad has this big brown um ring binder full of like Simon and Garfunkel songs no that he's printed off and that he, you know, used Daddy, to sing yeah, a lot yeah. at parties and stuff. Massive thing. Great songs in it, you know. Class. Um, yeah, and he, he has a really, really nice Fender acoustic guitar, which you wouldn't kind of assume would be any use, but it's mm. a really nice Fender from like the late 70s. Um, I think he swapped, I think he swapped a Martin 12 string for that guitar and another acoustic guitar. Because he said he had the twelve string, and you used to have to have one lad down at the end of it playing it, and another fellow at the other end tuning it as he played <laughs> twelve string guitars. So it's just yeah, the yeah. beard to keep in tune. So he uh, he knocked that on the head. But um, yeah, we both kind of started playing instruments and getting into it around the same time, and taking lessons when we were kind of ten or eleven. Um, the funny thing actually is that I'm left-handed but I played the drums right-handed and that was completely born mm. out of having to share the drums and having to, you know, having a constant battle over whose turn it was to set the drum kit back up left-handed for the other person when they came and practiced ah, or whether the other person up. had to set yeah. it up. And I was just like, fuck it, I'll play right-handed. And it's, you know... Do you play open-handed? No, well, Cross. sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, not as a rule. I kind of yeah, went yeah. to, you know, kind of copied what I saw from teachers and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't know. Nobody's allowed to learn the violin left-handed. Yeah. It's kind of the way I think about it now and when parents come in and say, oh, and he's left-handed. Oh, so am I. Yeah. So we're going to leave that drum kit set up exactly the yeah. way it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. No one, ha- no, yeah. no one has a backwards piano. But you don't know where they're to. Yeah, apparently yeah. they invented one. They've also invented oh, circular ones. I've heard well. of that. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've seen that. There's no backwards piano. That's dead right. Yeah. 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 There you go. Like... 
Ned Flanders with his left-handed musical instrument. Yeah. <laughs> up deck garden. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... What was he talking about? The drums, yeah. So yeah, we were lucky because yeah. we kind of live out a little bit out from Gory. So we had a garage in the house where the drums could be set up and we could kind of practice away and make noise. And it kind of grew out of as well because my older brother, Stephen, was quite a good musician when he was a teenager as well. He doesn't really play that much anymore. He'd play guitar and sing a bit quite well at kind of parties and stuff like that. Um, But he was he played the bass in loads of bands when he was younger. And because we had the garage, the rehearsals were out there. And because the rehearsals were out there and the lads were 16, the drums stayed out there because there was nobody to kind of bring them to and from or whatever. So one, there was... um, mine and gavin's drum kit that we shared and then there was um the one that the lads um left there so we ended up kind of i think a band broke up or a drummer gave up playing or something and or just forgot about the drum kit and it ended up staying out there so we ended up both having uh our own individual kits and that was one of the like early 90s exports as well with the power toms oh deadly yeah rusting to bits like wrecked and that's like um kind of had to had to learn to tune uh in adversity with that kit in a garage that's full of like rakes and tins of paint and Class. all this kind of shit yeah deadly. um so that's like um it's good i think it was good conditioning maybe i just over obsess and take way too long to tune a drum now whereas like it actually just sounds good the first way you had it but then what happens to me is that I tune it, and but I don't know why it sounds good, and I can't handle that at all. So yeah. I have to go all the way back to the start and try and recreate it, and it's never the same. Hmm. <laughs> so it's, I just I just drive myself mentally. Yeah. And um, so then, when we got the drum kit initially from like the local music shop, I think part of the deal was a few lessons with the son of the fellow who ran the music shop who played drums, um, and that was kind of like here's this Chad Smith beat, and here's this Chad Smith beat. And that was great. It got us kind of going. And we were already we were already kind of listening to enough music that we were able to pull stuff down a bit. And then my older brother could like play the, you know, the suburban rock beat a bit, you know, and yeah, could right, kind of yeah, go, yeah. this is what you do, you know, and you kind of yeah. you're off then. Um, so then I started going, I think when I was like 12 or 13, I started going for lessons with a drummer named Tommy Davitt who was in a show band called the David Seven, which was him and, as you probably guess, his six brothers. And they were really um, uh, busy and popular during the whole kind of show band era or whatever, the 60s and 70s. And he was doing, like, he'd do the odd show and panto and stuff around as well, you know, when he wasn't doing that. And he taught loads, obviously. Um, But I think he got either arthritis or Parkinson's and his hands just just wouldn't obey him anymore. So he just had to jack in the gigging and just do the just do the playing. Um, Fuck. Yeah, but uh, really, really great teacher, really nice man, and went to him for two or three years, and he was lovely. But he had his own kind of way of doing things as well. He wouldn't um, he wouldn't write stuff out in traditional music notation. It was really it worked like, but it was kind of strange. He'd write out all the subdivisions in the bar. I'm trying to remember it now. He'd write at the top. He'd say like rock groove four. Let's say. Because he'd have them all numbered, so rock groove four would be boom boom bat gato gato gat that one, you yeah. know. Um, so he'd write out all the rhythmic syllables, which is like one and two and a three e and four, and he'd write them out, and then he'd write the abbreviation of which drum was to play on which note underneath it. 
as well. So that was like that worked fine because it was it was just a reference point to refer back to because he played for you in the lesson anyway. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then if you wanted to refer back to oh what was Rock Four again, um, you'd you'd have that to go back to. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a strange one, but lovely lovely man, great teacher, and he had loads loads of students and people used to come from uh, all distances apparently. So I heard to to come and uh, and take lessons with him, you know, just because he was just a nice nice man. Cool. Um. And then there was kind of like all the way through school, like I think I think Paul Kenny was talking about it on this as well, like because you're the drummer in the school, you kind of play on everybody's practical. So I would yeah. be playing on my older brother Stevens, Junior and Leavenster practical and all his mates, Junior and Leavenster practicals. And like it was right. cool. Cause it's a rite of passage. Cause they were, yeah, I yeah. think so. They were in a different school. So it was cool. You got the day off hmm. to go to this other school ah, cool. and and play the drums in this like really awful sounding classroom <laughs> and try and play quietly because you're supposed to be backing up yeah, yeah. somebody who's playing the guitar for their Leavenster or whatever. Gas. Like the, when you think back at it and you took it so seriously yeah, at the time, it's the biggest deal in the world. And yeah, God, it was also ramshackle and, you know. Yeah great like and brilliant. whoever was examining that was just probably sitting there with droopy eyes hung over couldn't give a shit just get these kids through here really. oh, Jesus <laughs> drums I yeah, don't know drums. I think I think they're probably more concerned about the like the, the amount of recorder players coming through the door oh, I think and people playing the entertainer on the piano you know yeah. not the fucking entertainer again do you know what next <laughs> <laughs> I think we I I have some kind of a memory of a, of a Christmas party in our house one day when like myself, Gavin, and one of our other, either my brother or sister or my stepsister, we were all doing piano lessons and we were all learning the entertainer and it came time for us all to do our party pieces and we like all took Did a it? turn. <laughs> playing the same thing. And oh my God. my uncle was sitting there. Does anybody know anything else but the fucking entertainer? <laughs> So then we all took a turn playing full release and we played that three oh, times yeah. in a row each. No way. <laughs> I'm fairly sure, yeah. Maybe, uh, definitely the first half of the story happened. Um, <laughs> but that would have been a great comeback, wouldn't it? <laughs> Get him. Um, so. School. School. All of that. Yeah. Um, Being the drummer Really, really good uh, music teacher, Miss Glynn, uh, who started the concert band. And I went to school in Carnew, which is a very, very small uh, town in South Wicklow hmm. and wouldn't have been a traditionally a music school music stronghold I suppose would be yeah. fair to say um, and she really drove the whole music program single handedly herself she set up like the girls choir she tried to get a, a boys choir on the go at one stage like what a legend imagine yeah. trying to like convince oh 15 like gobshites <laughs> to come and sing I can't help falling in love with you in yeah. three part harmony like it's just like sheer force of will and she set up this concert band anyway, and the, uh, she made contact with a fellow named Willie Dunn. Uh, and Willie Dunn used to manage all the orchestras in the academy, and he was a great trumpet player himself as well when he was playing. And uh, he used to come down and teach every instrument to the band on the Mondays. Now, I was getting lessons elsewhere, right? so I didn't, I didn't go to him for, for drummer percussion lessons, but it ensured that there was kind of a general standard and... and enough players most of the time we'd rehearse on lunch breaks or whatever it's brilliant like I can't remember at all what we sounded like whether yeah, whether yeah, the band yeah. were good or not you know but did it feel um, good it felt brilliant yeah, yeah. some big concerts that we did and everything it was like the biggest deal in the world Class. you know especially when you're kind of um, hmm, how do you say this when you're the 
kid who's into music and not as much into kind of sports or whatever else you know yeah, yeah. Um, that's like it's nice to have your little moment in the school calendar i think well not your little moment your big fucking moment because it moments, takes yeah. like serious stones to do that like in, in a group of people or as a soloist on your own you know yeah um and the miss glenn was the one who gave a lot of people that opportunity and there were kind of musicals and stuff going on as well but um she also got this was the the real game changer was she managed to secure this massive grant from i think the wicklow vc it would have been for like 45 grand worth of instruments what? and she spent 20 yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's an organic one for you. Organic. Yeah. <laughs> i think it was something around that and 20 grand that she spent on percussion gear what? yes yeah, nice jackpot one. you know so what? she bought like a f- proper adams uh four and a half octave marimba really nice adams xylophone and three nice adams fiberglass timps a set of congas a set of bongos really nice kit the Ooh, whole the fucking fluke. shooting match and like that it was whopper. kind of felt like it was this you know you know there was there was only there was two or three of us in the percussion section yeah. and it was just this is deadly you know oh my um, god what but i hadn't fluke? really any designs or intention on doing orchestra or classical percussion or anything at that point this was secondary school right yeah yeah oh man but and then there was like it was a small yeah it's like 700 kids or something like that okay not that small yeah yeah well like compared to the community school in gory which at the time had 1600 kids and was the biggest secondary school in the country and it was built for 900 Fuck so you imagine how people how <laughs> kids kind of yeah, yeah. how kids kind of slipped through the cracks out there you know so yeah. it was really good to go to the smaller um school in the more like agricultural area yeah. and have smaller classes and all Jesus. that kind of thing and actually getting and to play this, this absolute, absolute titan of a music teacher who what like, a fucking who, legend yeah, yeah. sorry like that's insane yeah they're the stories they're the things you like to hear aren't they they're, i you know, love that yeah. shit um, that, that's, yeah, great. that's monica bonnie stuff that's right monica there, bonnie stuff oh yeah oh man did one that, of you go to lessons no, neither, neither, no, no but we had a couple of uh ADID alumni. Yeah, I think three or maybe four. Started with Ross and and then finished with uh, um, Adam. Adam, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But someone in between. Paul Kenny in between and maybe somebody else. Yeah. I can't remember. I know one of the lads in the army band down in Cork um, is from Dublin originally and he would have studied with Monica down in in DIT as well and said she was just lovely, lovely woman. Yeah. It's that. I fucking love that. Yeah, need people like that, man. Man, that's where... that's like Brilliant. I would never have known that about your teacher. What was her name? Miss Glynn? Miss Glynn, yeah. Miss Glynn. Yeah. First name? Teresa Glynn. Teresa Glynn. Shout out, Teresa Glynn. Shout out. Yeah, Getting absolutely. 20 grand. It's all your fault, Miss Glynn. <laughs> 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 20 grand worth of percussion instruments for three lads. Well, yeah. School band. <laughs> bananas. Mess around with. Absolutely us. bananas. Um, so That's amazing. Then I was kind of leaving cert and I didn't really have any interest in doing anything other than playing the drum kit, but... It's kind of hard to describe how this came about. There wasn't, like, BIM didn't exist by a year when I was doing my CAO and doing right. my user, and neither did the uh, the pop degree down in Cork. Okay. So the options were, I was like, I had all these notions of, like, I'm going to go over to drum tech in the UK. The rock school. And dad, you're going to pay eight and a half thousand <laughs> pounds a year for me to, like, play rock drums in this place, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Might have been totally worth it, but, like, yeah. he was just like, Come here, <laughs> Ridley fill you in. Good luck. Yeah. Um, so went down and looked at the, the the school of music down in Cork, and I don't know if either of you have ever been down there, but it's like no. it's ridiculous. Would you have been there? Palace of Passenger. music education or whatever they got. 
I think three or four years before I went there, they had gotten big funding to basically knock the old school of music down, which yeah. is, well, it still technically holds the title for the longest running music school in Europe. It's going since like 1885 or something crazy what? like that. Nice yeah. Um, so they knocked it down uh, and built this new state of the art facility on the original site where it was. Savage. And they put in the biggest ever. Is it a consignment? Is this what you call it? Uh, the biggest ever consignment for grand pianos that Steinway had ever received. Whoa, <laughs> they ordered yeah. like 77 pianos in the one go or something like that. Yeah. So there's one of them in every room. And you can imagine the percussion gear then was like exactly like that. And it wasn't operating at full capacity at the time I started going there because, like I said, the pop degree hadn't started. Right. The uh, drama degree, the musical theatre degree were, were some way off in the distance. So for a couple of years before that, it had been just... The part-time students, BMOs and the masters, is just like kids in a sweet shop running around this yeah. five this stories of whatever you heaven. want, whatever you want, Fucking like hell. crazy. And um, so if that if that wouldn't tempt you, then I don't know what would. And then at the at the time I was uh, getting ready to audition for these places, so I auditioned for there and DIT, but they were uh, classical music based courses, so I had to put together a, a classical audition program. Right. So I had I was playing a little bit in uh, the brass band in Arclo, the Arclo Silver Band, um, which has a really rich history and lineage of winning national titles and doing really well in European competitions and stuff. And they had a conductor named Brendan. <laughs> they had a conductor named Brendan Breslin, goes by Barney, and he was in the Garda band and he was a percussionist mm-hmm. and a okay. drummer. But he was he was down there conducting the band, and he agreed to to teach me and help me put my audition program together like for an hour before the for the uh nice. before the band rehearsals and one of the things he arranged for me was i said oh, i'm thinking about i'm putting down cork school of music on the ceo and he goes oh great i'll see if i can get you a lesson with steve i said who's steve he says, steve kelly he's the teacher down there <laughs> i said seriously so um steve and I arranged to meet in the Garda Band band room in Phoenix Park in Garda HQ. And he gave me a lesson and put me through my paces on all my audition repertoire and stuff. And I was just like blown away by this guy. Got a, wow. yeah. It's a whole other podcast that I could talk yeah. about. Steve Kelly and yeah, big time. So um, did the audition and what well, like successfully audition for there and DIT. And that was a kind of a a weird one and it's something that I might actually stop John for a few minutes because the thing at the time was is Cork the place to go in terms of after college and during college kind of building your career and your reputation with the view to moving on to to other things or are you better off going to Dublin because the orchestras are in Dublin RTE is in Dublin you know a lot of kind of a lot of that kind of work is yeah. based up here compared to down in Cork um, right but especially classical percussion yeah, that's yeah. what you're talking about. That's yeah. what you're. There's no, yeah, yeah. there's no full time professional orchestra in in Cork, which is crazy. Yeah, you know, it's insane. And like, there's the the ICO or in Limerick, um, but it's just chamber a, chamber orchestra, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, I haven't seen it, but apparently their facility is unreal as well. In UL, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was there. I did um, the Irish Youth Wind Ensemble course when I was in college which is just a piss up for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Class, like playing like really hard like would uh wind but wind ensemble repertoire like in a hoop 
absolutely <laughs> hanging. And it always happens on Leaving Cert Results Week as well. So it's open to people between, I think it's 16 and 23 or 25. Right. Yeah. So there's always three or four lads who get their Leaving Cert Results in the middle of this course and go absolutely bricker. Oh, the, on man. the Wednesday or something, you'd have a gig in like Griffith Concert Hall or something on the Friday and you'd turn up for the rehearsal on Thursday and everybody is bollocks like nobody is good for anything but yeah i was i was there for a week it's it's fabulous well. yeah, yeah. Uh, really, dj really dj cormac rehearse rehearses here regularly and he did his whole big um equivalent exchange thing mm -hmm. so it's all of his music because he's got Cor cormac and his big band yeah um he expanded that out and arranged for that chamber orchestra oh, cool. and he said they went down and used that facility and stuff and just said it was unbelievable yeah. like the whole room was perfectly treated and yeah all whopper. sorts of stuff uh, everyone on ears i think oh yeah all playing so, to yeah. a click yeah you name it like yeah, all yeah very good a clever move there cormac yeah getting the old state funded chamber orchestra in oh well listen like yeah. take what you can take what you can get i know, you know whatever um whatever way you can get your get your project into the world into the you world know, yeah totally by hook or by crook yeah so you're you're you were talking about cork versus dublin yeah and uh, you're saying dublin is better so good we'll move on <laughs> <laughs> um well it was an interesting one because no, sorry I, did you go to cork as an undergrad yeah yeah okay right so so it was it was interesting around the time i think i made the decision just for the sake of going somewhere a bit different because it felt like a lot of my class group and stuff were going to either Dublin or Waterford and it wasn't like with a view to actively getting away from them I just kind of wanted to go and be my own person somewhere else a little bit more I still knew one or two people when yeah. I when I moved down there um and also this the facility and the teacher down there as well like there's a good there's a great facility in the academy of music and there's a great facility in DIT and there's mm. great teachers in both of those places teacher in DIT is Noel Eccles and I think it's Richard O'Donnell uh, who's the principal in the symphony orchestra if I have that right who teaches in the academy and uh, Eccles is Eccles you know he's like Mr. Percussion in Ireland for the last 30 years running or whatever so um, but just the fact that I had uh, formed an impression of of the teacher down in Cork yeah we go oh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna pursue this you know it kind of right. feels like it's meant to meant to happen you know um so yeah sorry lads i feel like i've been talking for ages oh, that's the like point, that. of, the that's the point of the show keep going this is good <laughs> i'm just yeah. as curious about the two ye <laughs> no no <laughs> I mean, oh, we've got nothing to say the, le the less we yeah, talk the more interesting the guest is yeah, yeah <laughs> think of it that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah cork four years yeah 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 um great crack. and it was good crack yeah brilliant no regrets um I wish I'd done it a little bit later in life. I right. feel like I could have done with like a year or two off of school or whatever just to like act a gobshite for yeah. a little yeah, while and then like properly knuckle down and hit all the balls in college then because like you're in college trying to, you know, mold yourself as as a as a professional, but you're also learning how to be an adult as well. And in yeah. my case, I was living at home on the far side of the country for the first time and kind of figuring all that stuff out yeah. too so like part of me now feels like i missed a couple of tricks here and there yeah. in terms of yeah just i could have made more of a couple of opportunities like i could have done a bit more learned a bit more about conducting and composing for mm. example 
Oh, and okay. made a bit more use of just the fact that it's a structure and it's a it's an environment where you're there to do that thing and that thing only. Whereas now, when you're trying to learn or improve something, it just feels like the little the milestones are so far apart. Whereas when you're constantly in the space where you're improving and practicing, it right. feels like you have little, like not all the time. This wasn't like a you know crack the code in the space of four years but if now compared compared to what it's like now to practice and improve in between teaching and gigging and you know Whatever. sitting in traffic in the middle of town and all that kind of yeah. stuff um it feels like there was like, like a almost a eureka moment here and there yeah more often just from being in the kind of concentrated environment and being totally, there for nothing yeah. else um that and i probably wouldn't have chased gigs or been as uh, proactive about getting out gigging while I was in college right as I was because I was like driven about being able to support myself and kind of building my stock as a freelance player around the place um, and kind of neglected what I was there in the first place to do which is to get as good as possible so that's yeah. like a yeah I don't know what do you that, think do you think that's, that's interesting yeah what, you, what yeah. do you reckon like are you better off putting yourself in the vacuum for four years and just like practicing your whole off yeah um and kind of and then you're done forging your relationships yeah. with your peers or are you better off trying to kind of get the show on the road as far as freelancing and gigging with people at the same time <sighs> yeah i don't know i w i worry about that because i i have personally suffered from getting my name on a really big hit song way before i was ready to have that kind of you know uh clout mm. I, I i feel anyway i definitely okay. wasn't good as good as i should have been or in my eyes i'm not going to say you know somebody else might come along and say no it sounded great you, were, you did really well but in my eyes i feel like i should have put you know i should have suffered a lot more like we're talking about with the tuning the toms <laughs> <laughs> you know i should have put more or uh, to get that kind of thing I should have been kind of grinding a whole lot more and going through the motions and doing all this stuff and then you get your cherry right at the end. You know, you get this kind of, you know, pri yeah. prize at the end of the rainbow. Um, the suffering rainbow. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> said no one ever. But, Today, uh, kids, we're going to learn yeah. about the rainbow of suffering. The, the rainbow of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Jump on. Well, Rainbow Road. If it starts actually. good, Jump it on. ends In bad. In fact, you have no choice. You're yeah, already you on no it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look <laughs> down. Yeah, by, the, by, <laughs> <laughs> by the misfortune of birth, you're already on the rainbow <laughs> of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, it's not all that bad. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. No, I, I, crack. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I do feel like I've constantly been playing catch up in that kind of way. Yeah. To to this like oh, that's the guy who played on that big song. He must be great. And then I'm like, oh, shit. I'm a, I'm a total faker here. I, that was just a... I got lucky. You know, and I'm constantly playing catch up with that. Yeah. And I feel like maybe... This is to totally not uh, in a parallel, but that whole idea of like getting the gig. You want to get the gig and you're trying to network with people and mm. you're like, yeah, I'll do that gig for you. And you throw yourself into this situation and all of a sudden you're sitting behind the kit and someone's like, right, we're going to do this song in seven. And you're like, oh, 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 oh shit. Yeah. I should have been practicing seven for four years. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's this constant thing. But then, you know, 
I don't know. Like that's Matt, just like, guilt though as well. Yeah, like Matt Jacobson. Yeah, that's true. Matt Jacobson said that he fucked off to Switzerland or whatever it was. He was in Lucerne for two years and just like four hours a day just minimum, just practice, practice, no practice. He was yeah. gigging as well. Mm. He was gigging in Lucerne though. But he was. There was no. There's no, no distraction. There's nothing else in terms yeah. of anything extra, and to, extracurricular or social. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. And to be fair, and like that's what a good way to do it. You go to another country. You hear about that with a lot of people who have like achieved a certain level of a certain level on their instrument or whatever there's a couple of people um a couple of the, the lecturers that i admired and a couple of pe- people that i like got to play with and sometimes and but mostly watched when i was down in cork like you'd hear about them so, oh he just locked himself away for two years yeah don't you hear that so much with people like you know yeah or, or, yeah or if it's somebody making an album or whatever like they just locked themselves away they yeah. locked themselves away you yeah know? and they just for, forget the i guess uh subconscious competitors you know yeah because you're always trying to compare yourself to someone else yeah even if you don't think you are you kind of aren't so mm. locking yourself away just makes you forget everything it's just you versus you can't yeah, you can't keep up with what everyone else is doing so you're literally just doing your thing your thing you're just competing yeah. with yourself yeah then you're not competing with anyone else yeah it's yeah. Re- it's really interesting like esna my my girlfriend esna her aunt who teaches in the school of music yeah um she said she practiced eight hours a day on the cello for seven months esna did uh her aunt her aunt's right yeah uh and said she never i just i was like jesus you must have been pretty good by the end of that and she said yeah i never needed to practice again Mm. She just like she can she can just she has a facility that's required for like for like ninety percent of the repertoire. Let's yeah. say right, okay, yeah. She was just like, I didn't need to practice again. Yeah, and just the way she said it, she was just like stone cold as well. She was just yeah, I did eight cleared eight, it, eight hour, cleared yeah. it, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like compl- she was like, I completed that game. That's, yeah. that's what it was like. She was just Clear like cello on European Extreme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. Did you it get was, the reference? <laughs> European Extreme. I don't. Metal so. Gear Solid. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Okay. <laughs> yeah sorry um <laughs> but yeah she, she just the way she said it Google's like it was just solid yeah yeah she was like yeah seven months eight hours a day it was really tough but i never had to practice again hmm. like uh, surely she had to practice a piece or like you know sight reading something but maybe not you know if she god she was know. To, I just, I, you know like seven hours Eight hours the drums for eight, eight hours, hours a day. Yeah. And that's let's like, say you're awake God, for 14 it's hours. It's fine on an instrument yeah. that sounds like nice, you know, and could like move you to tears or whatever. Yeah. You can be lyrical and flowing yeah, yeah. and emotional. What the fuck? <laughs> you used to play those to bring people into wars. We're not that far from this being like an instrument of death. Yeah, yeah. basically. That's very true. You're supposed to listen to that for eight hours. Fuck. Eight, listen to yourself that. play that. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, like Matt Garska talks about that like his 40 hour weeks oh yeah you believe you it with him wouldn't you yeah. yeah Jesus he's the animals as leaders drummer if anyone doesn't he know he sounds resampled or something he sounds like he's been like beat detectives yeah live yeah, oh, yeah, when yeah. you watch him do any of these minor demo things or anything Christ like, on a bike yeah he's yeah. incredible though like JP Pouvet the, the guy who won um the oh, I know him. Guitar yeah, he did a few vlogs and stuff on yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah. and things. Yeah, he said they were in college in Berkeley together, and he just said Matt Garska would be in the practice room before him every day, and he'd stay later, just every single day. And mm. Matt Garska talks about well, his whole thing. Was he, he happy though? 
probably not like <laughs> it doesn't seem like but this is this is what i'm what i'm wondering out loud is there's two different it seems like we're outlining two different approaches yeah one is to like put yourself in a vacuum or it's just me versus drums or me versus cello or whatever yeah. for an indefinite amount of time go into the What's the thing in Dragon Ball Z? The hyperbolic time chamber? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you go into that, you can get your shit together. Or you kind of pick up stuff kind of on the job and experientially and stuff. Because like even to look at jazz drummers, there's plenty of people who learned it that way as well. Compared to like Tony Williams, who would have probably just had insanely intense periods of practicing when he was really young and when his brain was really taking in everything it could so he was yeah, like yeah. ready to go by the time he was 17, 17 but was he yeah. doing f- he might have been playing professionally by the time he was 15 he played with Jackie Boyard or somebody before he played with Miles Davis like <laughs> He's, something or Jackie McLean I don't know we genuinely like we can't talk about Tony Williams as an example of like there's no him and Picaro like he's only two hands <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, let yourself no. off the hook that easily. He's <laughs> yeah. only two hands and two feet. Nah. Yeah. Like, even fucking Dave King, you know, um, Rational Funk, yeah, the Bad yeah. Plus, he's like, Tony Williams is a one in a billion. Like, yeah, complete outlier. Outlier, yeah. completely. Hmm. He was a freak of nature. But just, so there's I'm his not, approach, but there's also even, yeah. Art Blakey, who's like, arguably just as much of a voice. You know, it's maybe, hmm, hard to say, because there's more, hmm, there's more of like just the sh- character and force of will, I suppose, in the way he plays. Or there's as much of that, at least, as there is right. of, yeah, of yeah. Tony Williams. And then but the, the other thing is the technique. But Art Blakey had crazy technique as well, like the way he was able to play a role like so loud. Yeah. And I remember seeing video, a photo of him in the studio once. They had the tunnel thing for the bass drum. And they had the front head taken off it and they had the blanket or whatever. And I was like saying it to a friend of mine. And I was like, look at the look at the towel he has on the bass drum. I was like, yeah, that's because he hit the fucking bass drum so hard that he like bet the lads into the pub next door. (laughs) 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 Great line. That's great. Um, But like he learned he apparently the, the story with him is that he was a piano player originally. Right. And he was booked to play at some saloon or some dive bar. Um with a drummer and the drummer didn't show up and apparently the owner of this venue held him at gunpoint <laughs> he said what? these people are here to dance so you better play the drums and make them dance and that was his first gig and off he went Art Blakey jazz <laughs> well, messengers there's the that's other, the that's opposite the other approach side. you learn it on the job and on you pick it job, up and you yeah. kind of learn it in tandem with I mean you probably lose your sense it. of fear then after you've done it <laughs> you know because yeah. I, my dad says that all the time whenever I'm talking to him about should I do this or should I do not should I not should I say yes or no to this he always says sure the worst thing they can do is put you up again a wall and shoot you <laughs> <laughs> you know and you know that's the, the, the worst the Art Blakey story yeah. bears yeah. that out you know it's like for the rest of his career he's like I don't care about anybody telling me I'm playing too loud you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the worst yeah. they could do is shoot me you yeah know? Uh, and I got hell, past yeah. that I got past that yeah <laughs> I so that. <laughs> I get past anything yeah so that's like I, yeah, I think about that in relation to college a bit because I remember talking to a bass player down in Cork, Noel Barrett, who's a phenomenal electric bass player. Um, and he was like, he went he went back to college later. He didn't go to college straight out of school. Right. Hmm. Um, but he was just gigging for years. But then the, the phrase he used was, like, I went back to college as a mature student, so I'd kind of gotten a lot of stuff out of my system so I kind of hit all the balls then when I went back and like really applied myself to everything I'm like fuck you know yeah that would have been great just because there was so much 
on offer down there for you to take full advantage of. Yeah. But there's also like house parties, you yeah. know, yeah, and yeah. like like sitting in the, in the scratcher until two o'clock in the day and not being told to get up by your mom and dad or whatever, that kind of thing, you know. So like, yeah, you have to get over the novelty of that kind of thing as well to just yeah. progress as an adult. It's almost like you should have been doing an arts degree or something. You could not care of it you know like yeah go down to cork just fucking go on the piss get, Kinda, a, pe- get yeah. a piece of paper and then and then go because i know people look, who have done know, a music like, degree in one college and gone back and done another music degree in really s- in different colleges in the same city because they were just like i needed to needed to learn more and then went and did a master's as well in conducting after that well just yeah. because like that's what they you know they want to they want to um learn as much as there is to learn and get get everything that there is on offer i suppose when they're in a p- position in their life where their responsibilities are minimal yeah and they can just afford to focus on that and focus on themselves and their own skills so yeah it's it, um it's interesting it was still a, like amazing learning experience being in cork as well because um the quality of musicians that are just working down there all the time like playing like at midnight in the oliver plunkett doing like the the midnight ramble gig have you ever been to that either of you no it's just this this residency that like uh john o'connor who of john black and the rats great irish band uh anna mitchell who was in that band as well and is now a solo artist in her own right does really really good stuff uh hugh Dillon, um easily one of the best guitarists in the country um cork based guy working down there Uh, who else does it the odd time who plays bass on it um they've good few different bass players i think brian hassey who used to play with mick flannery and was in john black and the rats as well right. and now he books for collins in cork actually oh, and right. um what's the company they have great venue yeah savage um I can't, it's in bloom or something but i think i'm getting it mixed up with we bloom which is Stephen mccann's thing hmm. yeah um so it's probably in bloom mm. da, 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 da. Uh, yeah um and then the drummer on that the drummer is. Podcast. <laughs> 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 a reverence the drums in the Sorry, point. sorry. Adam. Could you? <laughs> could you play it? <laughs> could you we please? have guests. <laughs> we have guests. We literally have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and the drummer on that normally is uh, Davy Ryan. Oh, oh. Do you know this guy? No. Davy's the, the dude. Demand. The last time I saw him playing was with uh, Ariel Posen in the Workmans. Yeah. Were you at that? No, but I know he Class. plays with him. And who else? Who was on that? Mikey O'Connell was playing bass on that. Who I think plays with Mick Flannery now. Right. Um, and it's just another one of these like deadly musicians who's just doing yeah. gigs around Cork, and yeah. you can just walk in and see them, and see them like playing really good feel and really good song, drumming and bass playing and instruments playing. Yeah. Um, oh man, so Davey Ryan, fuck me. So it was worth getting to see him in action in a whole lot of different settings yeah. through the years um, and kind of figure out why he's the guy who's like nearly everybody who's doing original music in Cork anyway wants, wants him on the rec- on their record. Yeah. Um, he does, he's on a great album by a band called Notify. Heard of these guys? No. It's a concertina Notify. player called Porig Rin and it's it's kind of like trad fusion stuff it's him davy ryan um own walsh while she's the bass player seen what she played before probably oh she's phenomenal so good um 
there's a guitarist who I don't know and then Cormac McCarthy plays piano with do you know Cormac? no do you know him? lads no. so you need to check out uh, the album Cormac McCarthy's Cottage Evolution which is like a right trad now. fusion album that he did with a nine piece ensemble or something like wow. that and it's Davey Ryan on the kid again yeah. um, and then it's like Paul Dunley and Matt Beryl I don't want to leave anybody out now um, Paul Dunley's unreal Cormac himself um, Kira Cormac's uh, Mrs. Sings a couple of songs on it sounds amazing um, yeah when I was doing cruise ships I listened to that album a lot because it had the kind of Irish element to it when I was a bit homesick you know? cruise ships <laughs> oh here we go yeah, this is a perfect segue yeah <laughs> nicely done um, no but I haven't finished talking okay. about all the fucking deadly musicians in Cork okay. yet because people need to know I don't know Ben if is. you've understood Jesus. quite what the name of this podcast is but it's a drummer in Dublin. <laughs> yeah, and if he wants, he can. Don't I'm joking, I'm joking. It should be I'm a coachy drummer in Dublin. A coachy drummer. Yeah. Coaches are taking over. We're yeah. bringing down the I'm system not, within. I, There's yeah. me, Wanders, uh, yeah. David Dockery, Keen Hanley, Galway Man. Let me tell you something, Ben. It's only a matter One of half time. of this podcast isn't even from Dublin. <laughs> And he's barely from Dublin. I'm barely from Dublin. <laughs> I'm from fucking Lucan. Which yeah. is, and I went to school in Leesip, like so. Yeah. And neither of my parents are from Dublin, so. Yeah. I'm, so the let's son, I'm the son of an immigrant. Yeah. I fell asleep thinking that last night. You know night. what you are? You're a mush. <laughs> You're a mush. <laughs> yeah. It's like, my dad's an immigrant. Yeah. That's weird. If he's it was... From, yeah, he's from New Zealand. You wouldn't think it. Like, yeah. But it's different if you would have had a second language, you know? But you just speak English. Yeah. You know? That's true. And you're also ginger. I know. Jean Gier. Jean Gier. <laughs> Jean Gier. Nice to Jean Paul Gier. Jean Gier. Uh, where were we with that? Loads of deadly musicians, musicians yeah, in Cork. Big time. I'd love to get. Um, there's a guy I um, touched base with, Chris O'Sullivan. Have you come across him yet? Yeah, I I think he. We were like ships in the night. I think he started in the pop degree in CSM just as I left. Yeah. And I even, I might have recommended him for something that somebody asked me to do because they thought I was still living down there. Ah, no way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I asked around and. Fionn O'Callaghan, another class Cork drummer, yeah. who's the course coordinator for the pop music degree yeah. down in CSM. Who I think he we might get on. recommended him, please do. Yeah, on here, he yeah. is sound as a pound. He's a Monica Savage body. drummer. That's right. He has right. a connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, very musical family as well. Really? Um, I think his brother Killian is an uh, like international standard trombonist. Wow, but the rest of the family I wouldn't wouldn't really know. So at, at the risk of you know doing okay, any yeah, of his yeah. other siblings a disservice by leaving <laughs> yeah, yeah. them out, I'll just give you the idea that they're you know there's something in the water down there. So Class, there yeah. Um, who else? But yeah, Chris. I saw him playing with somebody whose name escapes me now at Electric Picnic, and he's savage. He's really oh, yeah? good. Yeah, yeah, very very good. Him and Alex Goff, you know Alex? No. Uh, drums. He's left lefty. Yeah, and plays left left setup. Um, Disqualified ca- Coward <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> He raps as well He does hip hop and stuff Right Yeah and they're both in the Does studio. he rap left handed? He raps <laughs> He raps left handed Christmas time How is there not a rim shot sample? I know well, I've shit so- Oh man I'm not getting any of that. I mustn't have put it in my mix. Oh! <laughs> You're gonna have to. Oh! Um, we did our own groan here for our own entertainment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just need one of their own as well. Yeah. Um, 
homegrown. Cool. That's it. There's another. There's. <laughs> I don't know as many of the guys who are playing down there now, but just in terms of like CSM, there's Steve Kelly, who I mentioned was right, yeah, my yeah. teacher, who like has completely changed the game and re just reset, moved the goalposts for me okay. in ways that I never thought were would have been attainable for me. So he was like, gave you the idea of the standard in terms of playing professionalism, all that kind of thing okay, yeah. for operating at his level. Yeah. Because um, he's the sub principal in the concert orchestra now. And he was freelancing in London for years as well and went to um, the Royal College of Music in London. And he's like unbelievable jazz kit player, really good conga player, um, excellent orchestral percussionist, which is his bread and butter. Okay. Um, brilliant timpanist just like one of these Jesus. guys who was just obsessed and just went for it you know um, and another fella from quite a musical family as well um, wow yeah uh, really like really, really really important person um, Jeez, we'll have to, for is, me is and for a lot of people around? Can we oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's, uh, he's in the concert orchestra so he commutes from Cork he teaches in Cork a couple of days a week and then he no commutes way. up to Dublin for concert orchestra gigs on the Fucking hell. on the air coach would love to hear from him yeah He's that deadly. And cool. um, so there's him and then Fionn that we mentioned. There's another drummer named Thomas Gal, who's a oh. Slovakian dude, um, has like the best fusion chops I've ever heard. Like, really? Silly. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, deadly. yeah. Um he's an interesting fellow because he took you know that clinic that's on Willi on on YouTube of Tony Williams where he yeah. talks about the the back fulcrum thing and not yeah, using yeah. any rebound. He went all the way with that. Did he? Like he really fully committed himself to that way of playing Jesus and now he just sounds unbelievably precise and yeah. accurate and powerful and no all this shit like he's really really good Cause, um, um, and he's a gas bastard as well yeah like he's just, um, only yesterday Dave Elich was doing a Q&A on you know Dave Elich yeah I think you're I think know what you're going to say the thing about about the, Tony yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's um, like, so d for anyone who doesn't know Dave Elich is just this like guru of kind of body mechanics with regards to drums yeah um type in dave elich the mars volta i think it's um big day, big day out got it and just watch the clip watch watch the opening kind of two minutes of him yeah. at that gig he plays with the mars volta. he plays ferocious aggressive rock drumming and very kind of efficiently and super efficiently but yeah, like yeah. loud as war yeah. yeah yeah um, um but yeah he, he has a course and all that and he, he but he says thing yeah. it's legit unlike a lot of Best looked up. It's a good cue. That'd be good to him. Um, but somebody was asking about this whole Tony Williams thing. For anyone who doesn't know, basically Tony Williams talks about how he holds the stick and how it's off 
as opposed to doing any kind of bounce bounciness with the fingers and yeah. having the fulcrum which is the kind of pinching point yeah, the in hinge. the hand the hinge uh between the thumb and the index finger or even the thumb and the middle finger he talks about the back fingers basically holding the stick yeah. mostly so that he gets like absolute control from the beginning to the end of the movement of the movement yeah he can feel absolutely everything yeah which i the more i'm playing and stuff the more i kind of understand now there's certain things you just can't do that with like an, press an, roll. A, yeah a press yeah. roll or like i watched to, to, like that live you know the big yellow kit the live video of tony mm. williams like 45 minutes long or something I've watched that a handful and of you times. You can see him using rebound to play doubles. You can see him using it, like yeah. to play the, to play the curse of God ride symbol. Like how is he? How are you supposed to do that? The while articulating every note to play. Like the, he's the not walk the dog swing yeah, pattern. Yeah. Like so, yeah. But your man's David uh, uh, said yesterday. Um, he was like Tony Williams sold a lot of people th- down the wrong river by saying that he only plays that way. Mm. It's for specific strokes that he only plays that way, I think. Yeah, and, and what he was saying as well is that he's like Tony Williams was one of these people who just knew how to do it naturally. He was like what you're saying; he's a one in a billion outlier talent. Yeah, who knew how to do and execute everything that was in his head from a very young age, but didn't know how to break that down or communicate that to anybody. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't a teacher by any no, means. No, Alan Dawson was his teacher. If anyone wants to look up anything. Oh um, yeah, the um, the rudimental ritual. ritual and the the Berkeley yeah, what's it called? The Berkeley method or something? The eight ways. It's uh, what's his name? Four way coordination. Is it John Ramsey was his student, and yeah. he kind of collated all of Alan yeah. Dawson's lesson material because he had a kind of a curriculum that he worked from. Yeah, that worked for a lot of people. Did Steve Smith go to him as well? Uh, don't know. I think I'm he not did. Sure. Um, I've got a couple of lessons. I've had a since had a couple of lessons from Kevin Brady. Hmm. Uh, and he was showing me a lot of that four-way coordination stuff. And back in November, I actually got a lesson from Jeff Buckley's old drummer, Matt Johnson, who was in town. Did you fuck? Yeah. And he came up and he showed me some m- way more advanced stuff than Kevin was showing me. Um, and he was like, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that like Ari Honig and like Dan Weiss would be working on. Because mm. w- Matt Matt lived in New York for 30 years. Did you have a point at Chine? Uh No, but fucking lads... I was dropping him. He w- he had a gig with an artist. Who, oh, fucking what was her name? I can't remember. But I went in and picked him up from the academy and drove him up here. So we did the lesson in this room. Mm-hmm. And then I, as I was driving him back in, just like we didn't talk about Jeff Buckley or anything, you know, we did, didn't want to bring mm-hmm. that up or, or whatever. Because I know him a few years and have touched base with him. And uh, we drove past Chennai and he just goes, huh, weird just like from the passenger seat yeah. and i was like that's fucked he's never seen the original shin a i is that the original shin a that Jeff or Buckley is it refers to i think no there was that's a, not there's a one in new york that's where they that's where they did all the gigs is the is the is it named after the dublin shin a i think dublin so shin a on the go that that long wow i don't know cool i don't know that'd be deadly if that was true there's a really good do, do you know the, I don't know um, the, I don't, the, I'm not the gonna Radio 1 the documentary on 1 did you ever listen to any of those podcasts uh, no? No. no fair enough just me that's, <laughs> yeah that's, that sounds about can right you, can you check that out can, can you find out I will if but the there's New a York radio one. documentary about that place and about it and about it trying to stay open and all that and the period when Jeff Buckley was there and it being this real like beatnik 
yeah, yeah, yeah. open mic yeah. type thing, you I've, know, where I've people like brought the... their own bottles of wine, they brought yeah, their own booze, yeah, yeah. and there was all sorts of mad yeah. characters in it and everything. Really I've good seen, documentary. Um, it opened it opened its doors in two thousand and one. Oh, okay. So I don't okay, know. So. No, unless no, it was somewhere else. I, I, yeah, unless there was an original here. Yeah. And because well, Shine is an Irish name anyway, so it's some Irish influence in yeah, New York. It had you know? a, Irish owners originally, I think. Yeah, I don't know the full right, story. Yeah. yeah, but there's there's a there's a YouTube documentary all about that and all about yeah. Jeff going in and stuff. Is there the thing about Jeff Buckley going to Ireland and playing the Trinity Ball? Yeah, it being one of his first gigs. Have you heard what? about this? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Jeff Buckley played the the Trinity Ball. It might have been his first gig out of America or something like that. Yeah, and I think was it Glenn Hansard brought him over. No way. Was I? Um, I'm kind of grasping here, but he stayed with somebody's family Mad. for the week with some like and got like the Irish mammy treatment <laughs> from no from somebody famous's mam. I think and it was just like, yeah, Jeff was great. We'd sit and watch the telly and drink tea and have fun. Fucking Jeff Buckley, like, was yeah. like one of the preeminent like singer songwriters of the nineties, yeah. you know. Um, gas, but Matt it's Johnson bad. and oh, nerdy drum that, stuff. Yeah, nerdy drum stuff. That that kind of stuff. Um, he just started showing. I was telling him that I was going into, started l- looking at syncopation, mm. all of this like filling in the triplets, you name it. Uh, kind of playing the lead line with the hi hat. Yeah, for example, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. You know, jazz ride pattern cross stick on the hand and then whatever uh with the hi-hat and then he was like all right okay yeah okay you're getting into that stuff here let me show you some stuff oh cool and was like this is where you take once you've got that stuff in like the standard alan dawson stuff this is where it is now and this is what guys are doing and this is how you you go further heck yeah that's that because i'm sure like kendrick scott Still practice it a syn- syncopation, like, but it's just found the most off the wall oh, way to do it. You know? Some of the some of the stuff. Um, what's a good way to describe it? Uh, hard, hard, <laughs> hard. <laughs> well, the first thing he showed me, right? So I was, I showed him, I started doing the jazz ride pattern with mm-hmm. the hi hat on the on the two and four, and I was doing cross stick on the two and four with the with yeah, the hi-hat yeah yeah and i was doing the doing the lead line with the kick drum yeah and he was like it's right bass drum for jazz a uh, bass drum <laughs> kick drum <laughs> kick drum for rock the bass thing for jazz. the <laughs> thing with my right foot uh, left foot if you're on a left-handed kit um don't be on uh and i was doing the lead line out of exercise one page 48 yeah on in syncopation and you just play the top line and you play it swung if anyone's pulling open syncopation right now uh and i was playing that with the right foot and i was like yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm i'm doing all of this stuff and he was like cool uh can you move the left hand onto the last triplet before the hi-hat so i was going yeah yeah and instead of going yeah, yeah. I can't beatbox that properly, but you know what I mean. And and the second I started doing that, I couldn't play the lead line. I had to like slow it right down, go again. Mm. And then he was like, "Right, put it on the first triplet after the hi hat." Dirty dog. The, the, not, the, not the first triplet. Sorry, the the third the middle tri- one. The, not the middle one. Not the middle. Still one. the um, ah, like the, the ah, yeah, swung yeah. eight notes, right? Yeah, okay. swung eight notes. And um, and he was like, "Then do them both." So it goes. 
Oh, cool. And then take the, both of those and shift them over and shift them over again and shift them over again. Like phase so, them. So you've got four, like that whole David Garibaldi permutating across yeah, the bar. Yeah. So you've got four options to play two of them and then you do three of them and you play, you do yeah, yeah. each permutation of those across 12 notes. So, uh, sorry, in a swung context, you've got three beats three triplets per beat yeah you've got four beats in a bar you've mm-hmm. got 12 notes to work with mm-hmm. matt johnson was like just keeping the jazz ride pattern and the hi-hat standard playing the lead line with the right foot you have 12 options yeah with your left hand mm. and he was like you can do all of them if you want you can go and fill in every triplet mm. you can play 11 of them you can play 10 of them and he was like just showing me all this other stuff like uh really far apart like say that that first idea i was talking about um where the the first one i mentioned was the snare is on the third triplet of the first beat so right before the two and four Mm -hmm. instead of putting the snare there he was putting uh the left foot hi-hat there and then waiting a full bar and putting the right foot there and then the left foot hi-hat and then the right foot there and then the left hand had to play the lead line yeah of course fucking mental shit (laughs) yeah and he was like this isn't even the start of it he was like then you start playing it in five that's really cool doing it in three and doing it in five and reading it in yeah yeah yeah. Um, i didn't know about that dill lynch mentioned that to me before and i was was like oh yeah uh, syncopation is has everything a growing boy needs that's one (laughs) that's one page and you can do all eight and yeah there's all eight of the 40 bar exercises i wonder at what point does that become arbitrary and for its own sake do you know what i mean yeah um but like if if, like if that if it's good enough for dan weiss yeah. It's good enough for us, in a sense, but it kind of, I suppose the thing about it is, Dan Weiss doesn't practice that in a va- in a vacuum by itself. He does it with probably transcribing things and learning different styles of actual in the wild music. Yeah, as opposed to this is kind this is still music, but it's kind of made in, I suppose you might call it laboratory conditions. Yeah, you know where it's not. Yeah, in a. Not saying that it's that it's unrealistic to think that it would ever come out in your playing in an improvised way or whatever, mm. because if you do it the right way and you do it often enough, it will. But um, I don't know. I, t- I think that's if you had an hour to practice, would you spend the hour doing that? I probably would, because that like really gets that kind of thing, that nerdy stuff, really gets me going. But would it be wise to do it that way? Well, or to do like a half an hour yeah. of. A Philly Joe transcription, a Philly Joe transcription, or, or a just half playing an hour along with just, Jimmy Cobb just to get your quarter notes on the same yeah, really good, or just playing with the metronome on the last triplet or the last sixteenth note just to get your time really good, you know, just jam yeah. ideas. But in terms of this particular oh, this kind idiom of thing, yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. talking about, which yeah. is like if it's the jazz ride symbol, it's you're trying to prepare vocabulary for use in a totally yeah, yeah. in a let's say it's a straight ahead jazz yeah. post bop or hard bop or bebop setting setting yeah, yeah so it's like well i think it's more hmm. that like the likes of ari honig and dan weiss are going into they're playing in the 55 bar or smalls. whatever smalls yeah. or whatever every night of the week and they've got shit like they'll spend four or five hours in the morning practicing this shit 
and then they'll burst it out that night and then yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and it's acceptable mm, there's yeah. very little context for us here to even think about it i was going to i was thinking about this as well last night i was just like so quick we are so quick to just like i was i posted that quintuplets video yesterday mm. and i and i was like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna keep going down this rabbit hole because i don't really care if it's applicable or not i really enjoy yeah. this mm. this is yeah this leads I us on to another thing which is the instagram content thing and how you why you do that in the first place and what you what what whether you just kind of follow your own curiosity or if you're thinking of like using it as using it as a business card for your playing yeah is it more like should it involve because it's kind of weird like with drums you know again you know it's kind of i don't know if, i think it's probably harder to digest in isolation than other instruments you know because if you're playing a guitar thing it's like oh here's just a little noodle that i did you know at the end of the practice session today thought it sounded good um it probably does like yeah but the the the, the drum thing probably if you're the mm-hmm, the drum thing if you did that the same way would probably sound good as well but the feedback that i've gotten on the kind of videos that i put up on my instagram is that like it needs to involve music in some way yeah it needs yeah. to have like a some kind of a baseline vamp or just like transcribe an actual piece of music or play along to right, yeah, yeah. such and such that's you know? even context for people who are looking for you who aren't drummers you know who mm. possibly want to employ you they might not be able to tell what's going on from just drums yeah. but if they yeah. hear what it's in they'd be like grand yeah so I'm kind of you can always do a mix of both but yeah. if you had to pick one or the other which would be the better thing to be like, this is like a kind of running video diary of my experience. Practicing. Yeah, practicing basically. and playing the drums. Yeah. One day it'll be like playing along to Freddie Freeloader and playing quarter notes and that'll be boring for yeah. somebody. Yeah. And one day it'll be this mad, this mad fucking quintuplet metronome Olympics thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that'll be boring yeah. to somebody. That'll you know? be but weird like, and yeah, esoteric and like three people would be like holy shit man that must have taken a lot of mental strength yeah yeah i don't know so it's it's a catch-22 i i kind of maybe you, you asked have we got any resolutions i'm just gonna do whatever i'm feeling at the time and if just i whatever gets your ass on the chair get, really in terms whatever gets me in and gets me yeah. going and if i feel like it's kind of cool and it's interesting and maybe somebody else could benefit from me doing something like that and seeing it and even if it's if, if it's not even um if it's if someone can benefit like i'll see clips of rob kennedy playing and i'm like oh my god i need to get practicing like straight away i need to work on playing the toms the way that rob kennedy does the fucking sound he gets out of the toms when he plays them it's just like a mile wide did you find that yeah i went i mean i went up to his gaff one time we had a jam and he left me for dead obviously but just i was you know, it's it's the way the kid is tuned and everything, but it's this throw thing he has oh. on the toms that gets this huge sound. Yeah, out of the drums, playing really fast and doing like doubles on the toms and making yeah. him speak. I'm like, what in the blue blazes is going on here? His technique. Know? He shot it down when I asked him about it here. He was like, ah, oh, yeah, I just got it from videos or something. It's really high level, like yeah. really like like from, I don't, and it comes from like recording yourself a lot. I don't think, I think Dave Elitch has Rob's technique. Like I I think Rob is totally unique mm. like i think he's unbelievable um i don't know if he'd if he'd accept me saying that 
but I think it's it's just like yeah, outrageously just, it's good. Just the sound of the kit for me is the is yeah. the thing, you know. But um, sorry, but you, that, were, you were it's, saying it's, it's one. In, it's I think it's it's the same thing, you know. The sound comes from that, just like that throw, that hmm. his choice of stick as well. But sorry, you were you were about to give your Where thoughts on going? kind of. You're saying I oh, just watch that. a video of Rob Kennedy on Instagram, and, and go, it, wow, it, so it inspires me to get yeah. moving. Yeah, you know. And if I put up something, and maybe it's kind of techie or weird, or hmm. maybe it's just me playing to a song, and it inspires somebody else to do it, then so be it. Yeah, you know. And if we're all coming up together, then great. Yeah, you know, cause rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, fuck yeah. Because um, just this idea, I don't know. Like Rob put up a clip of him playing today or yesterday or something, and he's in Camden. And it was just so outrageously solid. Mm. It was just yeah. so good. Yeah. And it was just, uh, he was just playing two two and four, maybe some kind of 16th note thing on the hi-hats. Just and completely just together with every, himself. Every bar sounded yeah. the same. I was just like, oh, man. Like, that's his phone filming that. Mm. And it sounds like uh, an exercise from a book yeah, or something. absolutely. You yeah. know, when it's that consistent. So that's like, it doesn't matter how many chops you've got. That's always, I think, the the aim. But the other stuff is just a bit of crack, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't really mind. Like, I I feel like, you know, the business card thing, the Instagram business cards, gigs are your business card. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't think it works. For word, me, anyway, it, it has worked for other people, you know? I'm sure, that they've, like... But they've probably heard about somebody in the first place and gone check out this fella on his Instagram. He's unreal. Yeah. He'd be great for the gig or whatever. Or it's whatever, not like yeah. they're gonna be exploring the hashtag, no. the fucking Irish drummer hashtag. Irish drummer. Drummer. <laughs> That's no. the guy. That's the sound. No, it's, you know? Start it's using the hashtag employable drummers. Yeah. Employable <laughs> 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 drummers. Hashtag any gigs. Any That's gigs. the hashtag I'm gonna use. <laughs> it's the fucking basis you spend two hours with on a wedding gig. And you both vibed on it and it vibed. There you go. We're back. Mm-hmm. Um, using the term. What was the term? Vibed? No, there was something else. Hazed. Hazed. Yeah. 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 Now vibed. But like, hazed, you know. I love that. Term. So he, the bass player makes it through the hazing process. No, no, no. Hey, you know what I, <laughs> your partners for life. You know what I mean? Like a bass player who, who like, if you carry them to, through the gig and they're, they're deafening and, you know, like you, they're unbelievable, but you know the gig and you're, you're doing mm. it really well. And lots of eye contact. Keep it real steady. Shout out to Lango. <laughs> Shout out to Lango. Not that kind of eye contact. I think it's something about that. Yeah. On the, the but you, yeah. you know what Go I on. mean? Like that bass player is going to be like, that. he's going to recommend you to loads of people. Mm. Way more than an Instagram clip for 45 seconds playing quintuplets. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like if you can really hold it down and you're solid and vice versa, if you dep well, you know, you come up and you have your shit written out and mm. you know your stuff and, you know, it's the same thing. It's it's on the gig. I th- Instagram I is think just so this too. like... I think so too. I, d- um, I, I think it's this like fucking... It's this tool to make people think and maybe motivate people. It's also a very good tool to make people anxious. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But whatever. You know, it's a bit of crack. Just remember, they're always showing the best of themselves. The best, yeah. Like there, what's the thing? The idea self is that the car- the real self and the idea self? Isn't that the Carol Rogers thing? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, don't uh, don't drag me into the deep water on that one. I yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Betty Blue. Any of that shit? Yeah. I just remember hearing that somewhere. Yeah. I know. It's like I I don't think I've ever seen a clip of Dill Lynch playing 
on Instagram that wasn't him on a gig. Oh yeah, well, that he put yeah. up himself. I mean, you know that he has that wasn't that in context. That, that he has not like in context. All right, I'm gonna yeah. play for uh, thirty seconds, record it, and make home. it look like I'm playing for a couple hours. Yeah, yeah. Well, I th- I think I've seen one, and it was on his story once. That's it. Mm. Mm. Every other time, it's him on a stage, boots on the ground, boots whatever. on the ground, in context, but yeah, playing. Yeah, you know, and who knows how long he's practicing every day. Or has practiced, or you know, he's not telling people, "Hey, look, I'm practicing." Mm, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's right, on, he's right. on the gig. It makes a lot of sense. Doing it, so yeah. I don't know. I'm always thinking about this stuff, but then at the same time, it, there's no point thinking about it too Sounds much. Like you do know. Uh, you kind of like make a lot of very like good reasons. You, you know, arguments. That N- yeah. was telling me that gig he had in the Sugar Club. Oh yeah, was yeah. It that Dylan was Dylan's on. on it. I bet it was unbelievable. They had like two days to practice twenty songs. Yeah, and then just ran through them with uh, at soundcheck with each artist. And yeah. Nelly was like just blown away that they all just know. Like a deal was one of them, and then a few other yeah, musicians yeah. that just in a oh, day or two. Oh, was that house band thing? Golden Plate thing. Yeah. Golden uh, Plate. Sammy. Show? Sammy was on bass. They just all know it. I think like, it was Luke know? Howard on keys. Yeah. Um. And maybe Ryan, who's who's actually in the other room. Yes. Was it Ryan Hardigan? Yeah. 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 Uh, he's next door to us right now, recording sax on Rachel Lavelle's next release. Ooh. Probably shouldn't have this said is a, Yeah, but a couple asked. of times we've mentioned that, I think. Yeah. Because she's been in here. She's been, been in here this. wailing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> the second coming of Kate Bush. Oh, yeah. If I, anything, we're an advert. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that was the band. Who was on guitar? I can't think of who was on guitar but Alex Goff had his kit set up there as well and I think they did double drums so oh, Alex, class. Alex played left and Dale played right <laughs> <laughs> get out get out get out but uh, yes. ah yeah he's people. just he's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel at home here I'm among my own yeah yeah no I, I, I do think about that I you know I, I, I took to so I built here and was cracking away at it i got the lease in february uh, 2017 Mm. cracked away for months at it until it was done and open and then was just kind of running it october november and then Mm -hmm. i did that breakbeats thing do you remember the breakbeats of christmas we all remember that (laughs) you don't remember that we we, we didn't know each other no we did was it uh were you working through the breakbeat bible book yeah i kind (laughs) of was yeah yeah yeah. so i was going down to other voices and i was like i should probably post something it's the first of december i should probably have some stuff i should post so i hopped i hopped into the room and set up the mics and the camera and stuff and just recorded like three or four little ideas that i could then post day by day Mm. and um it got to the fourth one and i was like ah I'll push myself and I'll see if I can do another 21 of these all the way to Christmas Day. Yeah. And I was actually in here on Christmas Eve. Like, I did do one a day. I wasn't stockpiling them. The only one I didn't... Hardcore. um, Yeah, it was a balls. It was an absolute ball. (laughs) I'll never do... I'll never do that again. Like... Cool, though. That's like a... That's, you know, whether it's an Instagram video thing or not, it's like a a medium-term practice project. Exactly. Yeah. So, fair balls. And that was actually a lot of benefit and the fucking hours spent watching myself under mics and a really clear camera Mm. being like oh god that's no that's not good 
no that's really really not good mm. yeah that's yeah, not yeah. consistent yeah. that's like oh god mm. you know just for like a 25 second clip yeah it's like that's that um a maiden wine dan ford said about recording it's like waking up first thing in the morning hung over and having to look at yourself in the mirror naked <laughs> <laughs> watching yourself play what watching yourself and the hearing drums. yourself play <laughs> like that's that's what he said it's like and it is it's just like ah oh, mm. no Mm. Yeah. I, th- I thought I understood <laughs> how to make you know those shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow oh that was good you are at home here go and fetch my lolly go and fe- yeah I've been watching black books for the past couple of days have oh. you yeah, oh, savage. what a treat I need yeah. to go back and watch them. watching yeah. it right now <laughs> <laughs> just chilling here those, he- those headphones can't hear us <laughs> they're plugged into your laptop <laughs> Not plugged into anything. Not plugged into anything. You're, like che- you're chewing on the cable. <laughs> you're like the Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the answering machine. Yeah, yeah, Trigger yeah. thing is like, if I say one of these 10 sentences, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to be right. It's yeah. It's like, what? Hi-hats are the best or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the last one, the Christmas Day one, um, was, you You might like this, what? It, it actually came from just dicking around at um at hit machine gigs just like w- mm. waiting for the gig to start mm-hmm. um i i was like what if you did the football beat and then moved the last hit by a 16th note so you'd go Oh, Richard. Oh, like, yeah. It's we did painful. That. Yeah. It's so awful. No, but remember yeah. we did the round. Oh, we did the, the other thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's another one. But try that, it. that that was just taking the piss. Oh, clapping try music. It. The clap, uh, it's clapping music. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. it on the podcast. All right, we can do it. All over it. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. Ben loves this. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking. Who pr- wants to do the, the static one? What's that? So what do you start the in the second? The same. No, no, no. So right, this one is this is something Shit. that. Uh, Shouldn't have come out of the box. So, <laughs> <laughs> so strong. Here comes the deep water. Uh, <laughs> so get dragged into the reeds here. It's really easy. It's really easy. It's Adam, just Adam, nice. Adam doesn't know how to do it. Fuck off. But we'll <laughs> <laughs> we fucking do right? We we tried this. Me, me you, Adam, you can't really practice it alone. So you know. <laughs> no, you can't. It's impossible. Yeah. So it's the football chant with not the stupid sixteenth note thing at the end. It's just you just. All right. So it's not. Right, okay, yeah. But, so, it's like, and then on the second note, he starts his. From Actually, I trust you to do it, do it more. Let's do it, come on. Um, so, we did it with Ethna. And <laughs> we got four going at one point. We didn't really. Okay, let's just go, come on. Do you, do you not remember? She was just so like, Adam, like, Adam, can you just stop? You're, you're messing so it up. So they're going to be Leanne Le Havis' people straight on the phone to me when they hear this <laughs> yeah. or yeah. never get a gig yeah, for yeah. loving their money again. <laughs> Fucking prick, can't even clap. You can't even clap. <laughs> so you start. So I did the one that doesn't change. And no, it's, it's, not that it, it's not that it doesn't change. It just keeps it's, going around. It ke- you start yours. We're doing it in canon. That's ah, easy. Yeah, so you... I'll go next. Okay. Oh! <laughs> yes. That's cool. Four years of college. There's a little, bit, there's a little, <laughs> there's a little moment in there where it'll... 
Actually, shit, we'll have to pan the mics. Do you know clapping music? <laughs> yeah, Steve, someone's going to have a It sounds like that. <laughs> Steve Reich, do you know that? Uh, I know Steve Reich, but I haven't heard that. Yeah, clapping music is... Uh, it's like... Uh, so his... His... What do you call it? So a lot of his compositions in the 70s were uh, based around the idea of, fra- of phasing. So he would set up two tape machines playing the same recording. And it might be music or it might be... Um, it might be just somebody talking. So one of the early examples of it is a piece called Come Out. And it's this guy. It, apparently it's got a, a kind of a civil rights thing to it because it's taken from a speech by some guy that relates to all that stuff that was going on at the time. But um, the two tape players are like you hit play on the two of them at the same time. And the music happens when they get out of phase with each other. OK, right. so you just get this weird polyphonic sonic effect cool. from the two things happening side by side. So um clapping music is kind of the same principle but it's like the the phasing is quantized okay so it's in three four and it's so there's a um there's there's two players and one player does it static and one player does the moving one so it's um one two two three one ah yeah and so on and so forth right so one person stays static doing that and the other person plays the same pattern but phases it an eighth note later Right through the whole thing, so they you can spend as much time as you like, um, on each, I guess permutation of it. Yeah, you know, yeah depending yeah. on it's it's cool because the performance is completely up to the player's taste. So whenever the person who's moving finds a rhythm that they like, they can just stay there if they want, cool. and then move on to the next one. And then the resolution of the piece is when they, you phase it all the way through the six eighth notes in the bar three four, and you come or the. Hmm, Come right is it in 16th notes? Yeah, and they come back into unison again. Yeah. Right, yeah, So yeah. it's kind of the oh, same. that's really kind of same nice. Great crack. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's really good. Cool. Um, there's another one like that, uh, Music for Pieces of Wood as well. It's for like percussion ensemble, five percussionists, and they all play different pitches of wood blocks and claves cool. and all that kind of thing, and it's that kind of phasing thing, and then taking certain notes out of certain rhythms to make new rhythms and yeah. all this mad stuff. Really like outside the box rhythmic stuff uh, different trains is another class Steve Reich piece yeah. as well I've only heard interested. music for 18 musicians oh yeah that was deadly as well go- oh, it's yeah. phenomenal. he's great for the old names isn't he who you know Steve Reich <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. exactly what you're getting yeah um, yeah well that was I think that was part of the whole aesthetic of the of the oh, I don't know sound like such a oh here we no, go no I yeah, think it's whole oh, like no, do neoclassical it, do thing yeah. it's supposed to be like Stripped away of all the floweriness, yeah, okay, yeah, of that like, would have like f- that would have been part of the aesthetic of classical music, mm. particularly towards the end of the twentieth century. I always thought it felt very right. scientific, you know. It's yeah. like he's experimenting, but on a scientific level, rather than just seeing what happens. But that's why know? it was neoclassical as well, because a lot of classical music, like Mozart and um, I suppose early Beethoven. And stuff would have been written to a formula, yeah, like a sonata form or whatever. And there was right. like particular kind of mangles that different teams kind of went through, and that, that you did like to write a team in variations, yeah, or a um, or a fugue or something like that. There was certain things that were part of the the steps that you go through. Um, but then you have Reich and like Philip Glass, who kind of change forms a bit. Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit. Mike Tyson, bit <laughs> <Bith> mustard. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Jesus. Well, we, we weren't shy silly. there. That was quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Pick you up before you fall. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone knows you have to be on edge in this podcast by yeah. now. <laughs> The chairs are not comfy to do it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not comfy, are they? No, uh, yeah, no. we should probably get some we get some uh, government funding for chairs in here. Oh man. Turn it to go to go Swings. To you could call it you could call it the Arse Council Grant. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying it again. I'm very pleased that, yeah. that happens. Isn't it? That's great. Yeah, That's get a taste. get That's a get a few swings. Is that still recording away? All right, over there, just checking. Yeah. It. No, it stopped an hour ago. Oh, <laughs> right, back lads. And back I knew about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Told you not to touch my sampler. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, got him. Yeah. And I just hand him 50 quid and he goes home. <laughs> 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 nice one, Ben. That's the last episode. <laughs> so a good straight guy. I'm a good, uh, what's yeah. it called? Patsy. Yeah, 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 Patsy. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say, is it Steve Wilkes Booth? Is, is that, that your man? He killed Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> That's uh, John, John Wilkes Booth. Booth. John Wilkes Booth. Uh, Brother. Who's the... Preeminent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, who's the fucking chap who shot Kennedy? Who was framed for shooting oh, Kennedy? Oh, yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. He famously said, I'm a patsy. And then someone came along and shot him in the gut. Like, he said it to the, to the media oh, right, really? as he was being walked out of a uh, cell or something and all the cameras were there and then someone just walked over and went... Huh. Yeah. And he wasn't even the guy who did it. Yeah, before he could even speak. The magic bullet. Did you ever hear the magic bullet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I Came to through him, bounced and I went into college shot him again. I went into college one day and um, was like four minutes late for my lecture, so I decided not to go. And <laughs> <laughs> did you finish college? Hard no. <laughs> <Hard> <laughs> um, and no, I think I must have been later, later than that. Um, so I went to the... Yeah, you fucking. Wasn't even late. I wasn't even late. <laughs> <laughs> I arrived early and was like, nah, I'm not yeah. going. Um, so late, you're early for the next one. Early for the next <laughs> one. Well, well, this is the thing. Uh, I missed whatever the lecture was that I was supposed to go to, and then I uh, went into the GMB in college, the General Meeting Building or something like that. I think that's what it's called. And I was sitting on one of the couches, and um, it was getting closer and closer. It was a 9 a.m. lecture I'd missed, and then it was getting closer to 10. And I think I was supposed to go to an 11. I think I had the 10 period free and then 11 I was supposed to be on. And they were like, yeah, you can't really stay in here uh, past 10 unless you want to stay for the talk. And the whole talk that ended up happening was this guy who was mad into the JFK conspiracy. So totally by chance. I don't know what that lecture was that I missed, but the lecture I did get was a lot it was more so much more entertaining it was so good it's this guy who was like um he's pr- he's pretty famous um i've seen him pop up on kind of you know it's not alex jones is it <laughs> no <laughs> no it's not it didn't not have alex a microphone jones. but you heard him from the other building <laughs> <laughs> his, i heard his gels yeah just, just <laughs> <laughs> jiggling in the other room mm. no but this guy um i can't remember what his name is is he your Life man me. who also does the um, the pyramids? Is it your man who does fucking uh, what's it for? Oh, called? this is good. This is good. Oh, Our listeners are loving this. No, if uh, I don't know, the pyramids. Does the pyramids? <laughs> <laughs> does the pyramids? Does the pyramids? Does the pyramids? Does the pyramids? Like, 
draws them what it's like you're like of Giza I'm like what what do you mean Giza what Giza who's he who's he Paul Gascoigne fucking yeah Paul Gascoigne the ultimate Giza get out but uh, yeah, just fucking sat there and I heard him talk about it and I heard him talk about how um, it, it was going to be like 2016 they were going to release these files that were that had been locked yeah. away. From oh yeah, there's some 30-year rule or something. 30-year rule. Classified documents and then to be made. Just, domain. He was like, uh, I, uh, no, it was getting really close. So it must have been... 2014, 2015. I don't know what the year was, but he said it's getting really, really close. Um it, or it was getting close and it was looking like it was going to be 2016 but they've extended it by 25 years and he was like I'm going to be dead by the time they come out but I'm traveling the world doing these talks in the hope that people will ultimately find out the truth about what happened to JFK but he went through it all and was like it was so convincing ah yeah there's <laughs> <laughs> nothing else to say uh, he's it's like, like he's an old man this old man is like yeah Sorry. Yeah, that sorry. Fella. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's that's, that's all right. <laughs> anyway, back to me. Back to you. Back to Ben. Back to Ben. Yeah. This podcast. You've had your time. Back the Patsy. The Patsy. That's that's where we got that's why we got into JFK. Patsy. Harry Oswald. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. Patsy. Yeah. Patsy. Self proclaimed. Now so am I. Now so are you. Yeah, yeah. For Adam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um how do we get there? I don't know. Patsy, we're still on, we're still I don't know. I usually, I usually keep Instagram, tabs open on what Instagram, we talk about, Instagram-y and I've none left. <laughs> the laptop's crashed. Yeah, we've it's crashed. We've bounced around so much. Um, Sorry. But yeah, the, the, the whole breakbeats thing, I, I was talking about that, yeah, the fucking yeah. thing, doing that. That was, because I, I kind of took my head down and just started working on here and just started doing it. And... Um, kind of came through it and it's it, it worked and it was open and it was functioning and it was you know it actually happened and i was like oh all right it's not the end of the world again you mm. know hmm. um you could you did it you've, you've done quite well now you can go back and be a drummer again and i was like you know because i think it was it was a big knock after the hosier thing because i was kind of unceremoniously kind of given the boot yeah, uh, yeah with very short notice which wasn't great and it was a big knock in confidence and stuff yeah. and having not finished college as well i was just like oh I, I don't know why should i bother try something long term like the drums or engineering or something again God, you know yeah. that Jesus. kind of thing you know um so it was kind of rough yeah, so yeah, i yeah. i kind of dived head first into this thinking oh well look this is gonna go wrong anyway but sure you know i may as well I don't know Oops. why. I just like I had these things going in my head, like the the neighbors aren't going to like the set. I'm, I'm not going to do a good enough job soundproofing, and they're mm. going to call the council. And all, mm. you know, just constantly running through things like that. And then all of a sudden, it worked, and it was going really well, and there were no complaints. And mm. I was like, "Oh, grand!" Well, I got back to the drums, and you know, I was always kind of practicing here and there, but I was mainly a carpenter for a while, setting up a business, up a business like, and yeah, just like yeah. being a chippy. And uh, like Joseph, huh? nothing like joseph <laughs> i gave first to my son jesus here and we started a podcast Just together that adam yeah, yeah. Hey everybody. <laughs> well you. he was the the original man yeah i yeah. guess so adam yeah 
so anyway yeah i just that that <laughs> little series of putting putting videos up every day was a real um that was more for me yeah that was yeah. To, it was totally it wasn't really for anything else cool. it was kind of educational i guess in that it was you know hey here's here's what a breakbeat sounds like without the music mm. and i was very i was making a point of playing something you know like the amen break or like some of the others i put up that i can't remember use yeah, me, use you, me yeah. bill withers yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff here's what it actually sounds like just the drums on their own yeah um and i feel like it's kind of harder to make it sound interesting when there is no music you know like you really have to focus on what your drums sound like because you can kind of yeah you know you can bury yourself in the mix of doing a cover yeah or like not even you can bury yourself with a click yeah you can you can have the metronome too loud for yourself and not too loud for yourself or too loud for your little instagram video and then yeah fluff your notes Mm. under it but like half those drum cover videos they barely turn down the drums you know Mm, yeah can i ask you about something else just because you mentioned this place and everything oh yeah um what is your opinion or what would what reflections would you have on choosing to go a, like a certain way about having a life and a career in music and trying to put together a a quality of life and lifestyle from not exclusively just the traditional freelance musician diet of like few yeah. gigs bit of teaching and what would your what insights would you have relating to doing that versus somebody who like chooses for example to only do like original projects yeah and has another job midweek or something like that and they you know yeah because your man did you hear the one um mark juliana was on your man the drumio gab podcast and he asked him the same thing and he, he was, was like, like if, if finances dictated that you had to either play every gig that came down yeah, it was like basically you, or get a day job during the week which would you do and he was like i get the day job i get the day job on just and play. making art in my spare time yeah so what what do you what both of you actually what like what's your thoughts uh, on that i'm still wrestling with that actually i have a day job yeah right hmm. and do you are you like are you happy with oh yeah that? I, see i um i don't you know this i don't want to do cover stuff yeah, mm. they yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and even then, you're not mad on just like sitting in as a session player. E- yeah, yeah, either. as much. Either, okay. Yeah. Which so is you, so you, like ownership is ownership an and playing with other creative it. people. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, you're very yeah. good at that. I like doing it. Yeah, I like uh, f- picking people's brains and trying to help them with stuff. Yeah. especially yeah, especially people who don't know what they're really doing either. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the best. That'll be the short the answer. Best, for me. That's the best of all possible worlds for you because, like, am I right? Would it be right in assuming that the day job is something that you can divest yourself from and leave at work when you yeah, finish yeah, up yeah. work and just, apart from the like being tired from working, like just be able to focus your your spare time on yeah playing the music that you want to play. Yeah, definitely. Cool. That's and very cool. What yeah. about what about you, Fikri? <coughs> Well, I'm an idiot because I have way too many things on the go all at once. I no think there's no such thing. Well, like his Google calendar looks like the pride flag. 
I've seen it. <laughs> it's just, there's so much there. Yeah, there's a lot going on. A, a lot of different projects and stuff. I don't know. I I um. He's fucking dying to get on this podcast again. Oh, isn't he? Ev Carm calling in. No, 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 I not hang this up time. Because this, this is a good one. Um, I am still not sure about that because. Mm. Me too. Yeah, I'm really not sure. Yeah, like that whole idea of, you know. Somebody said to me before, when we were asked to do a, it was a cover band gig and it was going to be like 80 90 100 quid something like that each mm. and it was on a saturday night and the gig was like nine months away and all of us in the band were like why are we saying yes to this surely we'll get a better offer at, mm. some, at some point and one of the guys in the band was like lads most of my gigs are that much per gig but if you get five or six of them in the week you know and then you get one juicy one, you're actually doing quite well. Yeah. And then he goes, I'd much rather that 100 quid go into my pocket than any, anyone else's. And I was like, oh, that's awful. Yeah. That's mm. a really weird way to, like what? Yeah. That's like pure tradesman or woman way of thinking. Like you are just, uh, you know, you're you're a freelancer and you're looking for work and you just want to get the job plumbing or you just want to get the job painting and you mm. don't care who gets it and if you're out there doing it and that kind of that uh, that, that like, was a watershed I was, I was, that thing was kind of painful i was like i never wa- never wanted to be that guy but i think coming off the whole hosier thing and and just realizing my chops weren't where i wanted them to be and mm. i wasn't kind of as confident in multiple situations as i felt like i should be yeah i felt like i needed to try get my foot in the door with all these different things and really properly test myself and put the work in to be able to kind of hold it down on a wedding gig properly or you know i still Mm. wouldn't be doing too many jazz gigs but it's something i'd love to do more of you know that kind of thing and then you know when the context comes and you get a massive gig you've got all this bedrock of experience under you but there has to come a point where you say no to a pub gig for a hundred mm. quid because you're just being vicious about money. Yeah. You know, but then I don't know, like it's, uh, you have to make money at the same time. Yeah. So the way it works here is, you know, Alex Barrick, who's the engineer here. Um, he looks after the rehearsals now, mm. Monday to Thursday. They're the busiest days, of the w- days of the week. And I don't actually take any money from here, but the building pays for itself, which right, is great. Right. So what this has done, which is what I always wanted it to, to do, um, is give me a rehearsal space that I don't have to pay for. That's cool. Cent- yeah. That's central. It's really close to where I live. At one point, I was living up here, um, which was great. Could don't tell the government. Don't tell the government. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, it's really close to where I live. It's soundproofed. It's central. I have twenty four seven access. Yeah, and I got to design it myself. You know. Okay, right. So, so it's it's not as much of a. It's like, not this whole like business venture thing. thing. Right, okay. Like it might make a little bit over the course of the whole lifespan of it. Yeah. Because I, I'm not so far. I haven't had to put any gig money into paying the rent. 
right. which is amazing. But yeah. there's all sorts of overheads that always come along. It's a balls. But that's just the bog standard thing. But like, if I really wanted to start a business business, I'd go find another unit like Paul Kenny has and build 10 rooms and just think about making money. But mm. here was never a, a money making. That's interesting. You know, like you have to think about the, the more I've gone through this, the more I realized that I have to think about money making with the aim of making a profit, but just making a profit. And then hopefully you'll break even. Because mm. if you go into it trying to break even, you're going to fall under. Yeah. Uh, that's just how it is. You can't yeah. just go into something hoping to break even. So unfortunately, my brain had to kind of go into like a little bit of business mode and like, okay, market the place properly and like try to sell it and do all of this. Mm. But I'm not like exhausting it like it's a huge business right, venture. Right. And, you know, like in exchange for Alex being here, he's not paying any rent, mm -hmm. but he looks after the rehearsals. So that's so yeah, it's kind of self uh, it's this whole perpetuating or yeah, whatever the word. It's a bit of a community. I it's think. a little community, and like artists get to record with him. I get to rehearse with bands here. I do my little videos, like mm. bands rehearse downstairs. It's like it's nice, and it's just it takes care okay. of itself. So, so you front, uh, if we leave that aside, if we yeah. say that that's a like uh, now, what you call it? To be fair, like that that has taken away a lot of expense that a drummer usually would have. Mm, yeah. So it's not as, you know, I say it's a free room, but it's like, that's a whole, like how much are people paying for a single room out in Yellow Door? Oh yeah. You know? Mm. So that's, that, that could be, what is it? Like 400 a month, something like that. Mm -hmm. That's, um, that's two gigs, three gigs, yeah, three shit yeah, gigs. Yeah, it has a one deadly gig. You know, <laughs> if you're in the right cover band. Do you want to hear about a deadly gig? Right back in the bad old days, uh, there was a percussionist down in Cork School of Music, and he got booked to play a snare drum role for the raising of the Irish flag <laughs> at Michael Fitzpatrick's daughter's wedding. And how much? On, guess. How much? Uh, well, hang on. I said Michael Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah, you said 400 and that like made a him think roll, What are you going to say? Like, uh, for the raising of the Irish flag, like, like yeah, for yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. like a minute. A minute. Tops. 400? Yeah. You got 400. 400 notes. He probably hit the snare 400 times. <laughs> probably not even. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Jesus. That's a good one, isn't it? I yeah. love that one. Like, that's like that Imagine shit. marketing yourself as that person. Yeah. <laughs> Do you drum have an I Irish did, flag that needs to be raised? wedding specialist. Yeah. I did manage to get... Um, <laughs> I was doing a gig in the Sugar Club and uh, a hit machine offer gig came in to play drums for 45 seconds before the Leinster game in the Aviva. You love telling this story. I love telling this story. <laughs> he fucking loves it. And I got in and I set up my kit and I sound checked in the Sugar Club, hopped on my bike with my costume in, mm. in my bag, got to the Aviva, the drums were there, got changed, walked out, and was back in time before the support act had started. And there was no hurry up and wait the way there normally is on these Aviva corporate things. Sorry. No, no, it was grand. Like, it was it was kind of like, you know, we had to be there, still had to be there kind of 40 minutes before. Yeah. But we played for 45 seconds. Get up that garden. And it was, I think it was 100 quid or something. But, which well, I scaled up to being 9,000 euro an hour. And put that <laughs> against how many calories you burned cycling to and from. I know. know. And you're cool. <laughs> cool guy. Cool guy. Cool guy, Ken. Such a cool guy. Um, yeah. 
but yeah i don't know i that 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 has so that has that, that has eliminated a lot of expenses okay. but i tr- i still do treat the idea of um gigging as my income how tempting is it for you to go full bore on this the way you described on the rehearsal space and look to make that your thing that pays your bills so that you can be more selective about what gigs you take well this is the other thing is um this is the and I don't, I'm, I'm sorry no, if no, I'm no. putting you in a position where no, you have to like not. share things you don't you no, don't no, want no, to no. or whatever it's no, just like you were you're like an example of of a kind of a no, no, not no. The, not the traditional diet, shall we say, of freelance musician thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. No, I think about this uh, genuinely. I think about it uh, very seriously, kind of once a week, mm. um, not every day or whatever. But it's usually about half six on a Saturday. Oh when I'm loading up the car, yeah, the fucking yeah. PA, going to the, the fucking that, Everly or something. Yeah, <laughs> that fucking PA, and I'm going over to the Rahini Inn. Yeah. Yeah. Or the Rahini, the Rah- <laughs> Rahini bin, as Alan Elliott likes yeah. to call it. I used to be really good at French. Oh, the shit that goes through your mind in that little hour. <laughs> nah, it's not that bad. Most of the time, I'm, yeah, like, I am and I, I would say it's the same for you, that we're both quite lucky that we get to, if we're going to lick some arse now, um, we're both quite lucky we get to play with like really nice and really talented people most of the time. Yeah. So like, even if it's a crap, cover gig or whatever most of the people that you find yourself with yeah whistle while they work and just like oh make yeah, the best yeah. of it and yeah. stuff yeah, like yeah. that so it's never and there you know there there are situations like that out there where there are bands where like you, you know nobody talks to each other and no you know it's yeah it's not they get in and get out yeah yeah or you know get get in and get out will be one thing but like you know yeah the, there's other bands where it's all like vibing and posturing and you know spiteful kind of stuff, macho yeah. spiteful nonsense you know so like uh, I've known, known what no i do about the about yeah. the people that you work with the likes of like amy and darren and alan yeah, yeah. in uh mother funk. in mother funk like yeah. that's like you know, they're great yeah yeah, yeah. Savage they're all class. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah i was in new york with with amy last last summer and darren and darren yeah uh, anybody else in that band? No, no, that was it. Yeah, 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 savage crack, really, yeah. really good. They're great. Um, They're really cool. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. the The idea of making money playing your instrument is very noble. It's like mm. it doesn't really, uh, you know, from the outside looking in. I think it's like, ah, oh, that guy's making money. He's doing it. You know, it's a career. He's great. But like everybody knows that it's not like that it's not you know it can be really hollow and mm. you know it's not fun and it's not uplifting and it doesn't bring the best out in you sometimes do you know what the other thing as well is sometimes people get kind of obsessed with the idea of the golden ticket and the kind of the the magic carpet that's you know the, the phone's gonna ring one day and it's gonna be like it fucking hell i don't know yeah the big gig god why can't i think of any pop stars um, <laughs> but you know what i mean Clever. and everything is yeah. about building towards getting, getting that, that gig. getting that that big thing um but then i've spoken to some other like really experienced freelance guys around dublin and they've said you know the thing that people have to get into their heads about this is that the pinnacle is kind of a lot lower than you think if you if you value certain things like if you value quality of life yeah and foreseeing yourself being able to like sustain yourself and possibly people depend on you for 
for your whole life. And if that's from cobbling things together by doing, you know, this and that and the other, doing percussion workshops or or teaching or, you know, this and that and the other, then like that's a win. Yeah. You know, that that's 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 the pinnacle. Like people like people often think that there's this big kind of that there's and there is like it's important to have (coughs) aspirations and want to, you know, progress and yeah for me it's all about trying to play always be playing with like the best possible people that yeah. i can that's my thing you know jojo mayer's thing about the three the three elements of taking a it. gig yeah. yeah so for yeah. people who don't know there's and um, he said this in a couple of interviews there's a really good one people don't know about your man yannick guizdala the bass player used to have a podcast and he was good mates with jojo when they were both living in new york in the late 90s and right. he was in Nerve and all this stuff. So he does his podcast with Jojo. And because they're mates, like Jojo's always quite honest in his interviews anyway, but he yeah. lets his guard down even more. Really? With your man. And he talk, I think he might talk about that in this interview, but it's like there's three reasons why you should take a gig. The money, the people, or the music. Yeah. And it has to have at least two, two of those. Two or three of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, if I had to rank them, it's like to play with the best quality musicians is always um, how I kind of evaluate the thing because with the best musicians possible like your your gig that you might think is like the worst music ever you all know, of a sudden becomes, becomes it's like jesus christ you know if you're like if you're yeah. on like some it's the one that everybody shits on but like the country and irish gig yeah you yeah. know where it's like god this is like the whitest thing in the world <laughs> um but then if you were to do that with the like the really heavy guys yeah who do that music all the time you'd, you'd be like oh well i actually have the opportunity to learn an awful lot here Right about this stuff about like yeah, where yeah. the bass drum goes, yeah, or whether yeah. to play the the swing pattern in certain country songs and and why and kind of look at the body language from people around you and kind of yeah stuff like that you know so it's always for me it, that's been like the the thing that I've measured my kind of progression by is the kind of company that I end up keeping more okay, than anything totally, because yeah, I've yeah. done like gigs on crap music or whatever with like amazing musicians and haven't felt the time going by. You yeah know, just, you're just yeah listening to that'll happen amazing you know yeah i know it's funny it's this whole like i think that it's this whole thing where drummers and particularly session drummers and if you want to be gigging often in a small country you have to take whatever is going but this whole idea that i think because we all started playing in bands or like mm. most drummers started playing yeah, in yeah, a definitely. rock band. Yeah. You think your rock band is going to be like Led Zeppelin or it's going to be like the Rolling Stones and you are going to be the drummer in the rock band and you're going to make seven million off yeah. your first record and you're going to have a house and you're not going to have to do anything else except just keep making music yeah. for the rest mm. of your life. <clears throat> yeah, And that's the golden ticket, I think. And then yeah. the older you get, the older you, you but that, even that kind of keeps going. Who have, who have like gone to music colleges, let's say, and they get taught by people who are freelancers, and that's seen as the romantic thing of the guy who, the hotshot guy who breezes in and lays it down on somebody's tune, like wham bam, thank you, ma'am, and yeah. and that's it. And it's like, whoa, that's amazing. Um, even among that kind of school of thought of people. Um, <laughs> that, that terrible. School, school of school. thought of people, people, group of people who aspire to that. Yeah, it's like, are you talking about like the session, the deadly session guys now, or like what kind of name names? No, I just feel like there's for every for everybody who represents the top of the mountain to somebody, 
like the top of the mountain is like another day at the office for that guy you know like ian thomas or somebody like that Fucking like it's, it's uh, josh freese gigging with sting private planes over and back LA yeah. to Israel to Jordan he probably to still has things that give him a beard about the gig you know about he the touring hates, being, away, being away whatever yeah. it is yeah or like just other stuff like you know there's how many people are involved in that production like there's uh, there's that many chances that you won't get along with somebody that you have to see every day yeah I experienced that with the with the boats you know and it's kind of you know it looks like one thing and then it's you know turns right. out to be another thing um once you actually look at what's really going on so what what's the crack there you went to cork did mm -hmm. the undergrad yeah and then i stayed in cork for about six months and then i did a year as what they call a show band drummer which is not the show band that we are familiar with in ireland so the show band comes from uh show rooms in las vegas so in all the casinos and hotels in las vegas they have a show room where they put on you know elton john's on her right or, Barbara Streisand. I can't think of any names anymore. They're starting to go. Um, and they sh every showroom has a show band. Basically. Okay. So the, the show band will, would have the same function as the pit band in in a musical. Right. You know? So the job that I was doing, I did I did like three contracts. I did a six-week contract, three weeks off, five-month contract, two weeks off, and a four-month contract. And then I finished, which is more than you're legally supposed to do, apparently. In a year? Yeah. Wow. Like you're not supposed to work more than 10 months of the year. You're supposed to, when you decide to do that, you're supposed to sign a waiver from the International Maritime Association that says no you're, you know, not responsible if you kind of go off your cake. No, really? I'm fine now. <laughs> <laughs> walking a straight line and everything. Um, so yeah, the, 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 the job entails um, backing up guest entertainers who would join the cruise ship for a cruise and come on with their big book of charts for their 45 minute show and you would rehearse it in the afternoon and read it once and then do it two shows that night and then also there was a production cast installed on the ship who would uh, who would have two or three pre-installed production shows that you would do at different points during the cruise and you'd play for them as well right. so all in all you're working about four hours a day on average which is pretty nice mostly yeah. um but tough reading tough reading but not in the way that you'd expect it's not like mad um frank zappa stuff or anything it's okay. not the black page the challenge with it is that a lot of the charts are dog shit right so that's the issue and but it's okay. like it's great conditioning and it's great finishing school for being a like a reading freelancey guy yeah. Um, because if you can read, there's this one particular arranger named Sean Evans, who I'm 90% convinced the way he makes his charts is he gets a karaoke backing track, extracts the MIDI data from it and dumps it into Finale or Sibelius blindfolded and exports it. And there's your chart for happy or whatever. And he sells like 10 charts for 20 quid. Jesus. Um, yeah. I think I'm almost certain there's some way of doing it that means he actually never inputs any notes into the engraving software so wow. it's just like hmm? it's a lot worse for the for the horn players than it would be for the drummer because like Fuck. for the for the charts that you would see arrangements of his for it would be a pop song which you'd probably know already so yeah. it'd just be a thing okay. you'd use to count the bars you know yeah. all right, right it's only a verse and a chorus that's fucking genius like it's evil but it's genius yeah you know yeah yeah, yeah. big time um just get a song charts for a song you know already <laughs> yeah yeah 
so yeah i did that for a year um tough it's good yeah the, the lifestyle didn't agree with me as it doesn't agree with a lot of people like as i say it didn't take as much as many breaks as you're supposed to right um so that might have helped and i might have stuck at it a little bit longer but i kind of got what i needed out of it like got to play again the the musician the level of musicianship that you come come across is actually quite high most of the time because what you get is a lot of uh american college grads from berkeley or unt or whatever who have you okay. know are drowning in debt so they go on cruise ships to yeah. to work yeah. off their their student loan so like there's some like really good players that you'll come across out there yeah um but it's a weird dynamic because um in you know on on land shall we say if uh if you if one of you guys book me for a gig and I turn up and I'm an arsehole or I don't have the stuff prepared or whatever, you just don't ring me again. Yeah. But if somebody like makes a bags of the gig on the boat, you're kind of stuck with them until they do something really bad. Yeah. They can get fired if they have like consistently poor performance or whatever. There's like a whole oh. corporate HR structure that you have to go through as opposed to the um the freelance thing where it's just like you know if you're not. If you're not sound and good, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's it. So there's a bit of that, but like overall, it was like it was exposed to a really high level of musicianship. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a year well spent. Like I learned a lot out of it. I but fucking glad best, I, yeah. Glad I, glad I didn't do much more of it. You know, kind of glad to be glad to be where I am now. I have a very like very nice diet of uh, different different types of gigs and different kind of teaching stuff as well. Um, there's kind of more and more musical theatre stuff starting to come in, which I like. Whopper. And I kind of I have, like I have worked on the on the skill set required for that, so it's nice. Yeah. When when that comes in, and then all the cruise ship time. Yeah, to yeah, that way. yeah. Um, but like the musical theatre stuff is you know nicer music. Yeah. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, so like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that the like? Hmm. Yeah, I'd just love to get involved with more kind of creative, original stuff at the moment right. is what I'm yeah. really dying to do a little bit more of. Um, I need to get my finger out and actually write myself because I can probably do that Yeah. Um, if I really sit down and do it. But it just, there's something about not having facility on an instrument that you can compose harmony and melody with that kind of, I feel like it, it holds me up a little bit because I get impatient with it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, if I it mm, sounds really arsehole. No, no, But no. if I have, if I I can sit down at the drums and I can kind of I can improvise freely in like a couple of different ways. You know, it's not like it's not a comprehensive language, but it's you know the bits that I know I can kind of I can do fairly well. But then I sit down at the piano and I did the you know did the grades and all that kind of thing for all the good it did me, and I can't really you know. I might have some kind of intricate thing in mind and not be able to get it out of get it out of me at the time, you know. So um, I need to f I need to figure out a knack or a way around that to be able to kind of compose without like the actual technical facility, you know. Because, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's like that's the buzz at the moment, man. Loads of loads of shows in for for the next couple of months. Class. Loads of different musicals and stuff. Yeah, they're great crack. Dead. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about you? What about you guys? What have you got going on for the next foreseeable? Loads of podcasts. Not loads. I don't know who else plays drums. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we actually recorded one with Tom Call from Fontaine's DC. Cool. And it was... Erased. Erased. <laughs> it was uh, it vanished off the computer, essentially. Oh, yeah. No. I was up till four in the morning trying to find all sorts of software that would recover it and all sorts of... Um, yeah. And it went away. <laughs> I remember when you yeah. told me I got into your car and the car didn't start moving. And you were like, it's gone. <laughs> oh. I was like, what? Did you not try use time machine? I did everything. <laughs> it's gone. Disaster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a bummer. Well, so it's we, bound to happen at one stage. Yeah. So we'll, Hopefully know. we'll get him on again. Cool. Yeah. There's a good few people I'd like to get on. Like, Tommy Gray, I want to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, Smiley. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Carpio, we have yeah, to get in. He's yeah, just yeah. the ghost of this podcast. Mm. I, he will be the la- he will have to be the last guest. Yeah. He's savage. Um, <laughs> He'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the podcast will die. <laughs> That'll be the last episode. Because uh, can I make a couple of suggestions? Absolutely. You think about yeah. uh, Katrina Frost. Either of you know her? No. So she's the touring percussionist with Celtic Woman at the minute. And no way. Prior to doing that gig, like she still does a bit when she comes home, but she's like a real. If you think that I have, uh, like you know, a varied range of stuff that I can kind of cover and stuff, like she's has bona fides for being like an orchestral percussionist, kit player, conga player, like in the same mold as Deadly. Steve that I described. Yeah. Like yeah. She's, Savage, um, oh, real Katrina Frost. Yeah, cool. yeah, she'd be well worth getting in. And who else? God, but that's that's the one that that yeah. that stuck out to me when I heard about it first. Is like, yeah, no, Katrina would have class, like a really a, a, a really broad view of music in general. Deadly for you know, um, given that she's finds herself in so many different situations. situations you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, can't think, I can't think of any. I want to get like Andre on, Andre Antunes. Mm. Like I'd love to get him in. Yeah. Um, he's forever recording up in Hellfire. He was in the fucking Republic of Loose. Yeah. You know, he's Mister Drummer around town. Yeah. He's been through. He has a shit load of snare drums as well. Yeah, and mics and all sorts of stuff. He knows his shit. Like, Mm. um, I'd love to get Rory on. Rory, Rory Doyle. I was almost Mm -hmm. almost going to say Rory Boyle, who's repairing the sousaphone from the brass band that I'm in uh, you could get him on as well could get him that would be interesting too that would be an interesting sousaphone repairman in Dublin yeah <laughs> um, Rory's a good example actually I bumped into Rory like they finished that Hosier tour the first leg in Istanbul and like three days later I bumped into him in Music Maker he was looking so fresh and like just like w- like well kept you know like he like touring hadn't phased him now it probably had but mm. he just l- looked really fresh he was in picking up a fresh head for his kiss and uh i was like what's the crack you're not just fucking taking loads of time off he was like nah sure i met with the cover, cover band tonight met with superfly hardcore like hardcore yeah, sound and he was like oh man it's the only way to keep the chops up yeah yeah, yeah i'm sure playing, playing how's your tunes for two two years on the road your hands go numb you know yeah because you have to really Make them like they owe you money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cinematic Absolutely. music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he, yeah, and he was just like, nah, back, you know, fucking, back to I, work. I thought of a few more. So Paul Byrne, who I might have mentioned to you before, Paul Byrne is Mister Pit Show guy right. around Dublin and Class. the surrounding areas. He is Deadly. 
an amazing musician. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. So part of the procedure, as you might know, for, for doing uh, for doing shows, it's generally not the done thing to get a deaf drummer. But the odd time, it's okay, depending, you know, on whatever circumstances. And when you do, more so than with, say, a, somebody reading the read book or... Uh, or violin or something like that right. the drummer has to come in and watch the person he's depping for playing the show for one night to kind of watch how they how they play the book and the turns really? and kind of get an idea for the dynamics and all that kind of thing could have done with that <laughs> on yeah, the last it's, 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 it's really Fucking the done thing because conductors rely on drummers and percussion yeah. so much for tempos and changes and things like that so when you oh when you depp for somebody like it's um, it's usually the done thing that yeah I, you know that if oh if somebody's moving on for something else but um what you call it i went and watched paul play and uh, there's a show called urine town which is like u r i n e oh i right? was gonna co- make that joke but no, no okay yeah. um writes itself yeah um which is really weird music Um it's written for this kind of chamber ensemble style pit band with like percussion clarinet trombone double bass and one piano maybe um it's really strange music really okay. like genre straddling stuff like really strange um and i went in and i watched him play it and the first like the first thing anyway was that it was like it was like downbeat at eight and i was like right so i get there at about half seven and he's like no if you could come for seven that'd be great because i just want to talk you through a couple of bits right so this is like like so pro like all the way down about wow. everything and then he starts talking to me about the book and he's going yeah well i checked it out on the original cast recording on spotify and they did it this way they did such and such at this tempo but on this version that i found on youtube they do it faster they do it a different way i can't remember the specifics of it so even though the musical theater thing is seen as being the way it is and people who can do that are supposed to be able to just sit down and read the dots cold yeah there are still people who take it upon themselves to be professional and do their homework and do their research yeah. on how to play stuff and take it like really seriously wow. this is for like an amateur yeah. community musical theater production wow and there's there's paul like properly um doing his Digging over in, yeah. on it. i was like fucking yeah hell. that's like that's that's the benchmark yeah. for professionalism in totally. that kind of situation when it's when arguably it's the least important to do that because on a pub or a wedding gig or something like that, there's no dots, so you have to learn the tunes, you know? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, it's kind of, you're not going to get through it without it. Maybe a little bit more so on, on drums, but um, on a show, it's, you know, it's implied that it's like, oh, it's a show, like, here's the book, and just follow the instructions for to right, assemble yeah, yeah. the music, you know? Yeah. Um, but the fact that there's still people who can, you know, who yeah. will go away and really work hard on on being as prepared as they possibly can you know so that's cool um, yeah. he'd be a good guy to to get on and tell more great. about the show thing you know yeah, yeah. Um, very definitely yeah i know because that's such a big world you know mm. it's not the band thing it's like the that's a real trade you know I yeah think that whole musicals thing and mm. you know, those shows you're yeah go- it's a very specific set of skills i think mm. in terms of being <laughs> a, still, I think it's, it's a, think across a set of styles you know? and and it, it the, your dynamic range has to be like five times as wide mm. to play that stuff i think in terms of what like people how people conceptualize dynamics when they've only played rock or pop or funk or or b or and b right. or whatever yeah because you know and it's fair enough because when you play a groove it has it you have to hit the snare drum at a certain volume for it to sound good 
You yeah. just do. Yeah, yeah. So kind of dynamics then becomes about the internal dynamics of playing a groove at a given volume where it sits and it sounds good. Right. But then the challenge with the show thing is like playing in like the Hollamore in some secondary school. Yeah. yeah and yeah. the kids can't project. And, and there's a 14 year old who's doing this really soft. Yeah. Thing. And they, they don't like the, the, yeah. the boys want to sing and they're all being after being like, you know, yeah, press yeah, ganged yeah. into it or whatever sort of yeah. that kind of shit and you have to play underneath them yeah, yeah, yeah. and then follow the conductor in that as well. so and it's a very like and uh, then five chamber mi- music style of playing you know five minutes later you're competing with a chorus of 60 people yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> and the whole crowd clapping on the one and three. Oh yeah no there's no competing with that yeah have you seen that video of um uh what's his name uh, something junior no, he's Harry not. Connick junior Harry Connick junior like, yes I always get him mixed up with the other fella Sammy Davis junior no uh, <laughs> easy mistake what's the fella does that version of nature boy uh, I don't know <sighs> Ben so, Howard no um, you know that song nature boy Neil Armstrong nature father boy Chewy Louie. Hey! father Chewy Louie <laughs> <laughs> father Chewie Louie father Todd Onkomodo no for anyone who doesn't know about? Harry Connick junior uh, is riffing on this thing and the cl- crowd he's are all he's playing clapping. Come By Me which is yeah. his big tune and it's a French TV thing the crowd are all clapping on the one and three and he plays a bar of five and it, it swaps into the two, two and four. four the drummer isn't playing and he just cheers in the background oh, it's, like, amazing. Yes. it's amazing and all of a sudden the whole tune sounds so much better because they're clapping on the two yeah. and four so we are good. swinging yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is feel <laughs> um what time were we at at all? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, we 20 past 8. It's 20, ba- 20 past 8. We'll go for some... Um, Quick fires. Some. You were going to mention one more person to recommend for the show, though. Mm. Oh, there's... Well, it might not be the same person, but Guy Rickerby as well. Guy Rickerby. Oh, because yeah. Guy does... Um, so, uh, in the concert orchestra, Steve Kelly does, like, 90% of the stuff on the kit. Um, because that's his job. But then the symphony orchestra don't employ anybody full time who's a drum kit specialist. Yeah. So they get Guy Rickerby. Right. Whenever like there's anything, any kind of great American songbook thing or anything like that, like okay, he's the yeah, yeah. the fellow they get. Uh, got savage jazz chops and fusion chops and um, really good session guy and does loads of musicals and stuff. And he's like, Daddy. One of the one of the top one of the top dudes in that kind of. I suppose whole brackets of people who incorporate Dave, reading yeah. as part of their Unreal. their work diet or whatever you want to call it. Class. Um, God, who else? I can't think. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you. Yeah, Grand. I do. Thank Savage. You. Send us a list. Short list. Get some. Get some more cork. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some get, cork try and get Davy Ryan on it, man. Jesus. Oh, Davey, I want to get Brendan Fennessy up here as well. Do you know? Fenno? Yeah, Fenno's great. Yeah. Oh man, I love that. that. Oh, Emperor album, uh, Vitreous. Oh, do you know that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Fenno is yeah, he's probably one of my favorite drummers ever. He, yeah, he fucking loves O Emperor. Yeah, so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm class little, band. Little, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Legitimately world class mm. Irish band. Yeah. yeah, like in yeah, yeah. like the, in a way that can't be argued. Like no, yeah. not 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 at all. Yeah. They're so fucking good. Yeah. Anyway, your uh, favorite place to eat in Dublin? <laughs> uh, I find myself going to Camille quite a lot. Oh, oh yeah, nice. yeah. So I good go stuff. there. Um, there's Healthy? a place, another Thai place, HX46 in Harold's Cross. It's just Fuck down yeah. from that. It's just, a, it's like two minutes from here's the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking two minutes from just here. Just around the corner from Avenue Road Studios. I go there for, l- I go there for lunch sometimes. They yeah. do a great little lunch deal. You get a fucking uh, fillet of chicken, some um, 
like a fried egg on top, some rice and a load mm. of veg and stuff. Like for like seven quid or something. They give you a job. <laughs> they give you a job. Uh, you can play, play your and original they, music on Then they give the, the money back to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, great little, great little um, spot. HX46. E- e- Tokyo is great if you're into sushi as well. Oh, yeah. On, on the keys there. Just beside, oh, yeah. just beside the Merchant's Arch, I think. Yeah. Could be wrong is about it? that. Yeah. Deadly. Really nice. Class. Worst gig you've ever had? Uh, okay, so when I was doing cruise ships, you used to have to do this thing called the crossing the equator ceremony, right? So when the cruise ship <laughs> crosses, oh all. man, says I it all. Well, yeah, I can laugh about it now. Oh, um, oh god, the crossing the equator ceremony. Fuck where that ship, you're Captain. Wearing- <laughs> Fuck you have to just, basically you have to first make, one over the equator you have to make offerings you fucking don't do that you have Sorry. to make an offering to to neptune or poseidon one of them oh one of those fellas and the ship's the captain see, is yeah. uh poseidon or neptune one of the, the you're lads. not gonna say someone has to hop out no god no but <laughs> they do it they do it in the in the pool on the oh, on no, the upper no deck way. of the thing and it they, they, they get all the offal from the from the kitchen yeah so they get fish heads and spaghetti and all this kind of stuff and they throw it all over the passengers and all this shit Jesus. and the band have to play like the benny hill team like oh my and, god and and, and we're in togas fuck <laughs> off <laughs> Oh my god! And you're playing, but you want to see the kit, that the the backline kit on the on the the top deck outside by the pool because it's in this press that's just out on the open air for all intents oh and purposes. So it's just rust. Oh top god. to bottom. I like, am. I horrendous. think that should qualify for the uh, a drummer in Dublin awards for like whose worst, worst gig who's is worst the worst gig. gig. I mean, Art Blakey had a gun pointed at him, but that's pretty fucking bad. Yeah, I would have taken the gun at that point. Yeah. Totally. And then another time you we were had playing to do an, outdoors. We had to do another one on the way back, and I was sick. I had um, I had what do you call it? Scurvy, uh, gastro, or <laughs> <laughs> um, cabin fever. <laughs> like off the Muppets. Uh, uh, we've got cabin fever. Driving <laughs> me bananas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was I was sick. And what happens when you get this virus on the ship is they put you in twenty four hour quarantine until your bug passes because if one oh, person if gets one it, you gets pass it around to everybody. Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I had gone in the night before, and the crossing the equator thing was supposed to happen that afternoon. And I had the music manager, who was also the bass player and musical director of the show band, ringing me at like nine and ten in the morning, being like, "So you're going to be okay to come out and play the crossing of the equator?" And I was like. Have you any idea? Like, this is <laughs> do you know what it's like to have this disease? And you're like, yeah, but you can come and play the cross. <laughs> no, the best it's not allowed. It's like a breach of the regulations to, you know, Fucking intentionally hell. spread the, the disease. Like, All right, I'm going to make some calls and see if I can get you out for this. He didn't. Thanks be to God. But like, Fucking that's hell. the kind of like you'd rather bozos suffer. you find yourself dealing with out there. You know? Oh my God. Fuck. Yeah. Okay, that that's very good. Yeah. Your best gig. Hmm. Maybe one or two of the times that I got to go in with the concert orchestra and be oh, section savage. percussion with them. Because yeah. that's like real top of the mountain stuff for me. And it's like, you know, this, your third or fourth or fifth man down in the section or whatever it is. I've only done it a couple of times, but it's like, but being in for that, me, that's the like the gold standard of the particular skill set yeah. that I'm talking about because of the rate that they get through music and the level that's required for you to be at like from cold. Yeah, because they never do anything twice in the rehearsal, and you like you don't want to be the one His that message. they have to stop. Yeah, for, you know. Oh. So that's real, like 
squeaky bum stuff but then when you get through it you're like Jesus I felt you know it's a, re- it's yeah. a nice validation for you so we did I know and it's there not, was one that was very low like, pressure it was like, like, like a, fuck it, sorry like a percussion section a five piece percussion section you're not all playing the same thing it's not like it's eight yeah. violins yeah and someone kind of uh, their tuning's a bit off they can hide in the violins they say percussion's a, a stiff job you're either bored stiff or scared stiff. That's the really old joke <laughs> ah. about it because you're always exposed. It's like being yeah. the first trumpet. Like yeah. you're all, like if you're playing glockenspiel or something, even if it's the most trinkly little thing. Yeah, it's still you can pick all it the way out. above all the way entire way band. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah one, one or two of the times I've I've been in with them maybe was really nice. That's a good one. Really nice validation yeah. and crack as well because I did one that was just a disco gig and it was a laugh. Class. Yeah. yeah, it was all like ABBA and stuff like that, just ah, playing savage. shaker and tambourines and things, like still like oh my god but it's yeah. funny looking back on it now because you're like doing dancing queen and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the high point of my life and I'd be on a <laughs> wedding the following weekend going fucking dancing queen I <laughs> swear <laughs> to Jesus <laughs> so it's gas. about the people that's what I'm it's saying it's a, that's what the, that's my kind of barometer you know the, yeah. the company you keep or whatever the company you keep um, if you could have any career other than your own what would it be hmm other than my own profession preferably oh right okay um being a teacher was always plan b but like if you know i mean sorry i mean in the sense in the ideal like a footballer you know yeah oh right well, okay. like anything yeah like yeah, anything. anything yeah playing rugby for ireland would have been cool <laughs> <laughs> deadly you know yeah um yeah class that's all i can really think of because that's all i can think of apart from music in general then oh yeah that's fair then. <laughs> yeah. yeah any any drummers who you think are what, what was it overrated or like are any artists give us one drummer that you think is overrated no yeah oh come on you can't say neil perk because he just died <laughs> oh yes yeah yeah to, uh pay you our, our respects and mark respects. the occasion yep. that, uh, yeah that neil perks is uh is no longer with us. I was listening to Moving Pictures oh, over same. the weekend. It's such and a good And that's album. their that's their best. That's really when it all came together yeah. for them. Yeah. You said um, subdivisions a couple of times, and I wanted to say, yeah, uh, that's my favorite Rush song. Oh, but nice. I didn't. Uh, I kept myself. I kept uh, myself. Uh, 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 look at I you. don't feel like I kept myself at all through this interview. I felt like <laughs> like <laughs> went oh for it. man, uh, no, it's fucking it's great. Journey. Yeah. Um, so. Who's overrated? You also can't say um, Stuart Copeland because Probably he's like already Probably like your man at Kings of Leon or something because I've seen videos of them playing live and he like drags the arse out of it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like big time. They're doing like views of like da, 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 yeah. da, da, and you see them on the gigs. That must be like putting wet clothes back on for everybody else in the band. Do you know what I mean? Like just a drag, like straining. Um, but cool parts though. Yeah, I have to Kings say. Leon, yeah. yeah, the drum yeah, parts are, are. kind of cool. I had that that only by the night album. I listened to that loads yeah. when I was when I was Same a teenager. Same with the bassist. But they all started by not being able to play, so they probably figured out their yeah. own way. You know, yeah, to play together. Yeah. yeah, I can't really. I don't know. Like everybody's like, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. It's a stupid question. I, I like it though. I like I like yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> it was a stupid I, question. I like no, I see the way I see the way you're looking. It's just like you can't throw people under the bus. I guess it's just some Stuart Copeland's like perfect target. <laughs> he hates Stuart Copeland. I really? don't. Yeah. I could. I fessed up to this. You did. 
I did. I did. The week after. Yeah. And you hit it in the middle of a three and a half hour podcast. I know you're a play figure. <laughs> Hide it in there. <laughs> yeah. Bury it. Bury it, Bury it away. Yeah. <laughs> the chances are someone stopped listening for that second. Yeah. Um, uh, who are you listening to right now? Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, David Keane's new album. Good. Oh, yeah. Friday. It's really weird. It goes against every like conviction I've had about singing in particular oh. my whole life in terms of like enunciation and diction and all that kind of stuff because he sings right. in this really thick Dundalk accent and the kind of melismas and riffs that he does when he's singing are really like re- have this really ugly yeah. in a way you know and he like I think I'm only saying that yeah, not yeah. as a pejorative but because I think that's what it's kind of going for and it's kind of cool it's kind of challenging me in a, in a way because like Nat King Cole is what singing is about for me yeah. you know people who just like sing the song with no faff yeah. No messing or any yeah, riffs yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Just like let the composition speak for itself. But it's cool because I suppose not all art or creative things are meant to be pretty. Exactly. So he does it so much. And there's so many other aspects of the the work that are so intentional and so well put together that I can't help but think that this is part of a uh, part of the aesthetic of it as well, that it's doing it on purpose and it's supposed to kind of Bring something out in you. Did you ever, did you ever listen to Junior Brother? No. He is. Oh. Yeah. Everyone go listen to Junior Brother. He's really, yeah. the he's out, yeah. one of the best artists that this country has ever brought out. Wow. Say a similar sense of the way he sings because he sings with a thick um, Limerick accent. Okay. Cool. Limerick, yeah. 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 Check out Junior Brother. Yeah. 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 Weird like tunes in five and stuff. And, Okay. Yeah. Just like him with a stamp box and yeah. playing guitar. Yeah. Who Junior Who brother. else is good? Uh, Madison Cunningham. If you listen to her album, no, no really nice. Um, kind of like serious guitar playing. Really nice changes. Um, nice rhythms. Lovely drum sound. Really nice voice. Like amazingly, it's kind of got ticks a lot of the boxes. Really. Um, Jordan Rakai all the time. Oh. I've never felt. Don't think I've ever felt more like somebody tailor made music to my specific taste <laughs> more than with Jordan Rakai I was like did he is this it's not my birthday <laughs> and he did this this has like cool grooves that are like they move the snares from around but you don't feel like you're in this weird box that it's, that it's totally flat and it's not going anywhere there's nice there's great songwriting and lyrics great vocal delivery and there's cool stuff going on the accompaniment there's like loads of just using all these neo soul things that people lean on for gimmicks a lot of the time, but using them as like compositional devices yes. that actually sp- speed the piece of music along. Yeah, he's like in terms of him and probably Leanne Le Havis, she's uh, fucking are the people it. who I probably hold up as like my favorite artists of the last five or ten years. Maybe, Dead. yeah, yeah. Have and maybe Nick Flannery as well. Have you seen Jordan Rakai's NPR Tiny Desk that just went up yesterday? No. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! Happy, so happy birthday, man! When that comes out, wait oh, till you see great. it. Yeah, yeah. The, so did you see? Did good. you see him in Whedon's? No. no. Heard good, good things. Really Heard some really good, good things. Really, it's really the same good. band, but he's got three backing vocalists. Yeah, as well. the same when he did that live in the studio version of uh, Mind's Eye. Mind's Eye on oh, the new album. Do you prefer the most recent album or the one before that? Uh, the one before. Yeah, me. Yeah, I'd have to agree to yeah. be honest. And just like because the uh, welfare just hit me over the head like a ton yeah. of bricks. I, I, I it's it all like, good, you know. I'm hell. not gonna. Everything is so. Yeah. Per- it's like how 
do people conceive of it yeah. type of thing there's just so many I know there's producers involved and there's like input from other people but it's your man is at the nucleus of it all it's like how yeah. does one person conceive of this whole thing and it's like just have like I don't know it's just such such total music uh, it's very complete yeah yeah really really complete start, yeah. to, start to finish check out that tiny desk Jordan Rakai mm. if anyone's out there how small is the desk uh Smaller than this. Smaller than this. This is our bigger than a camera, but smaller than a horse. Yeah. Last question. What? Last question. Favorite. Would you rather? Pattern, groove, break. Haven't used break yet. Stop. Stop making that face. So. He loves it. Give give it up or turn it loose off the Sex Machine album by James Brown is fucking Whopper. seriously heavy drum break in that. It's just like there's a breakdown bit where your man is just playing the congas and there's this bit and it's Clyde's double field and you hear James Brown just go Clyde and when he says Clyde Clyde plays the fucking drums like do you yeah. know what I mean like he just like, he's really yeah. playing the drums and then and then it's Bootsy comes in they do the whole rest of the song uh, that one. Slicker pattern. Um, you can. The whole point of it is you might play it. We might get just uh, oh, right. to hop on the kit. And All right. Well, I could probably mangle that, I guess. <laughs> mangle it. <Yeah. laughs> it's all mangle it rel- relative to him. I tried to learn it ages ago and it's just bloody hard. Um, some of the stuff off the Bill Withers live in Carnegie Hall album. Is that is the one where he's playing acoustic? Very serious acoustic music. Guitar. Yeah, very G- Gadson and all the lads doing. There's this bit where he's the introducing the van. And he's talking about the bass player. I can't remember his name, and he's like, uh, Sean. Let's say it's the bass player's name. His name is not Sean. Right. He's in with his band. He's like, Sean's so quiet. He only ever says six words, and two of those were airport. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Brilliant. Um, so good. Yeah, and the version of I can't write left-handed on it is like, you know, that's a nice name. Chills. Uh, yeah. Chills off the spine. Yeah, it's about a guy who gets his right arm blown off in the Vietnam War by the Viet Cong. It's yeah. <laughs> so he had to play left-handed Serious kit. Serious song. Huh? He had to play left-handed kit. <laughs> um, Can I? Th- that's how long the podcast has been that Adam doesn't get the reference from the same <laughs> What are we at now? Jesus. Uh, it's now uh, 25 to... I think we're hitting so three. Hours. We're getting close. That's just standard now. Shit, we, we can't keep even talked standard about standard. We can't keep this going. We can't, yeah. haven't even right. talked about running up hills or DMT. <laughs> 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 but we will get Alex Jones in. We'll get Alex Jones. <laughs> and uh, what's Actually, that he can talk about walking his dog he loves. What's that fucking clown who's always on Joe Rogan? Uh, Eddie. No, what's his name? Yeah, Eddie Alvarez. No, not, that's the fighter. The fucking jujitsu lad. Oh. Lad into his conspiracies. <laughs> Are you talking know. about uh, oh. Joey Diaz? No, not Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz other, is quality. Um, I don't not, listen to it yeah, that much. No, I, if Bill Burr is on, I'll listen to it. Um, mm. Yeah. All right. At, at this stage, hopefully, the listener, everything. the listeners are hearing you playing that group. And not us talking about other podcasts. Right, <laughs> I'll talking keep talking podcasts. then so that people can't actually make out how much I'm filming ah, with the recording. Ah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Ben Cooper, thank you so much. Thank you. Hats off, lads. Thanks for thanks for doing this. Deadly. That's Cheers. Sound. Nice one. Unreal. Thanks, man.
Alrighty. Oh, my legs! Your fucking legs. That was Whopper. Oh,